Happy Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the Green and White Report here on WDBM East Lansing. I am your host, Brennan Shabath. Joining alongside me is my co-host, Zach Slowick. Liam Jackson and Matt Merrifield are here again this week. Slowick, you and I were off last week to celebrate the Thanksgiving weekend out in Portland, Oregon, the great Pacific Northwest, for the Phil Knight Invitational. That was a blast being out there. Yeah, a lot of fun. I think I'm still tired from that trip. Uh, it was a very long, grueling five and a half, six days. Um, the six-hour flight did my, did my back just no justice. Um, as once I got off the plane, I felt like I was hit by a small truck or train. You choose. Um, but overall, blast. A lot of basketball. A lot of good basketball. Um, I got to go on um, the Breslin breakdown with Matt. And the women's beat uh, last week had a blast on there talking some MSU women's hoops, um, hyping up my favorite MSU female hooper, uh, K-Mac, um, because she dropped 28 in their game against Oregon. And overall, just a, a great, fun weekend. Yeah, recovering from the West Coast time change and taking a red-eye flight has uh, had longer effects than I thought it would. But we're back. We're ready to do the show this week. We've got Michigan State basketball coming up also on the airwaves later tonight. That game starts at 7 p.m. against Northwestern as the Spartans open up Big Ten play. Liam Jackson and Matt Merrifield are here today. Liam, you were one of the co-hosts of the show last week. What was it like? I think that's the first time you've done the show without Slowick or I here. How was that? Well, I did last year. Me and Zerdenic hosted a couple times last year. Um, but it was fun. I, it was the first time I was technically producing i took matt's job had to run back and forth get us on and off the air i think i i think i did all right um i don't think i did half the job matt usually does but um i tried my best uh, it was fun there was a lot going on obviously you guys in portland we talked about we ended the show with that leading you guys into your call um but we also had we talked about the jagger joshua situation and i think cam mclaren did a great job um covering that and hitting all the points and giving an opinion in a very professional way. So shout out to Cam for that. It's a tough situation to talk about live on the air, but he, he did. We talked about the World Cup, a lot of fun. But um, it was we had built up chemistry because we have done the SRZ podcast. We've traveled to go, together, me, Cam, and, and Zach for football. So it wasn't anything um, – We just it was pretty seamless, I would say. Exciting times at WDBM. There's more on the way, too. We talked earlier in the year – on one of our episodes that we would have cameras and eventually begin live streaming the show on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you choose to watch it. The cameras are set up. They're operational and working. They're in front of us. We're doing tests on them, setting up shows for next week. So stay tuned to Twitter and Instagram and everywhere on social media if you'd like for the Green and White Report to see where you can watch us and I don't know why you would want to to see our ugly mugs on your screen, but hey, it's something that we can do and we're going to try to do it. We have an action-packed show today, a lot to get to. Crazy stuff happened in college football yesterday, shaking up the playoff landscape, which we're going to find out about in just a few days on Tuesday. We're going to talk about the NFL Pick'em. Uh, do a little bit of Lions talk momentarily. Um, I think I might have been wrong about those guys down there at Ford Field. Uh, Nick Burt from Impact is going to join us to talk about the World Cup and the United States' disappointing performance yesterday. Um, we've got another edition of the Gambling Corner coming up as well. That's a little bit later after the 12 o'clock hour, but we have to start 
with the hypocrisy and the situation that has gone on at the school down the road. And no, I'm not talking about Michigan being 13-0 and and beating Purdue in the Big Ten Championship. I'm talking about 6'3", 337-pound defensive lineman Mozzie Smith being arrested over a month ago in Ann Arbor after speeding early around 9.30 in the morning. So before we talk about this, let's just... Let's just set the scene and, and kind of get the lowdown in 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 the uh, the situation. So Mozzie Smith is a senior co-captain at Michigan. He's a defensive lineman, one of the best guys on Michigan State or on Michigan's defense. By many analysts' standards, the top defensive lineman in the country for the NFL draft uh, this upcoming April. He was pulled over and arrested. That's a key point. He was pulled over and detained and arrested on October 7th around 9.30 in the morning in Ann Arbor. He was found to be in illegal possession of a pistol in his car without a CPL, a concealed pistol a concealed pistol license. He also, for some reason, didn't have his driver's license. And so this report eventually went to the prosecutor's office in the district attorney of Washington County where Ann Arbor is where the DA is Eli Savitt, who perfectly, adequately, convincingly enough, is a University of Michigan Law School graduate and a current teacher at the University of Michigan, where he lectures on law. Um, He received the police report um, a week after the arrest, and then an entire month went by. 33 days until charges were approved on November 17th, and a warrant was sworn out. It was almost 20 days later that Mozzie Smith was arraigned this past Thursday on December 1st, and that's when everybody found out about the situation. So it was over a month from the moment of the arrest that Smith was um, publicly announced to have been caught with a pistol without um, his CPL, um, he was arraigned on Thursday, December 1st, and released on a personal recognizance bond by a magistrate judge, which means he doesn't. there's no collateral to get Mozzie Smith to show up in court. They're saying he, he has to promise that he will show up in court on his assigned date, and that's all that they have to bring him in. There, there's no bail. There's no, they don't keep anything of his. Um, he just has to show up. Um, Michigan allowed Smith to play... On October 8th, October 7th was a Friday when he was arrested. They allowed him to play on October 8th in a game against Indiana. And in all seven games after the arrest, by law and to the court, he is not allowed to travel out of state except if it's with the team. So, sure enough, he played last night against Purdue in the Big Ten Championship, and he'll play in the college football playoff at the new year for Michigan. Um, So he'll be allowed to travel out of state um, with no consequences, no regard for the law, basically. Scot-free, if you ask me, um, the punishment for Mozzie Smith in this whole situation. My first question, and there's a lot to get to in this with all the stuff that Harbaugh and Ward Manuel, the athletic director at Michigan, said, all the stuff that Eli Savitt um, has said. Mind you, Eli Savitt was, is the prosecutor against the Michigan State players um, who were charged with misdemeanors except for Kari Crump who was charged with felony assault um, for the tunnel incident that happened after Mozzie Smith was arrested for illegally possessing a gun. But anyways, my first question is this. 
and I want to see if you guys have any information on this or, or anything to clue me in, because this is one that I couldn't quite answer myself. Why does a 6'3", 337-pound senior co-captain, defensive lineman, a guy who has been taught violence his entire life and to hurt people in the field of play and who is big man on campus, is going to be a millionaire in a matter of months, why does he even need a gun in the first place? And if he doesn't have a CPL, why is he transporting it at 9 in the morning on campus without his driver's license, to mind you? I, I mean, this whole situation, I don't even understand why he has one in the first place. I mean, from what I've gathered, he was in the process of getting a CPL, so it wasn't like he just bought a gun with no regard for the law. He just hadn't gotten the CPL yet, and that's kind of why... I, I, first, I just want to say I don't think Mozzie Smith is a, like I don't really this this doesn't bother me like the actual crime he committed is I don't think is a big deal at all. I mean I think he should have been suspended. I don't think that he should get in trouble for this. I don't like legal trouble. I don't really care if he if he has a gun. I don't. He wasn't hurting anybody. He wasn't doing anything. Out of four hundred million gun owners in America, a hundred million are illegal. I mean, that's a whole he different conversation. Yeah, that is okay, a I whole just wanna, conversation. But I, I think was, my, was issue, in the process, Kari Crump was in the process of not fighting that guy, but he did. Okay. I, okay. I mean, Very I, different situation. I, 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 my problem is not with Mozzie Smith. I don't really want him to get in legal trouble because I, I, I don't want the Michigan State players to get in legal trouble because I think that's just a hurdle that people who are 18 to 24 years old like deserve like leniency in that. But that's just my personal opinion. I don't want... Mozzie Smith to miss an opportunity to go make generational money because he's he's earned that and with his play on the field. My problem is with the way it's handled, and I know we're, we'll get into that. So I don't want to I don't want to make this about Mozzie Smith and his person. I want to make like I think the bigger issue is the way it's handled in the, the the courts and at the University of Michigan. So if he wants to have a gun, if he was in the middle of getting a CPL, he shouldn't have had the gun, which is but. I, I don't. If he wants a gun, he's it's, he's able to do so, and he wasn't harming anybody. Um, I do think he should have been suspended, or it should have been handled much much better by both the team and the and the prosecutor, um, and especially the way they came after Michigan State players. The optics are absolutely horrible, and it's just really um, frustrating. I for people who I'm sure for those players, uh, Michigan State who. Were, who have misdemeanors, or Malcolm Jones even got his charges dropped and he had to miss half a season, wasn't with the team. So I'm sure that's extremely frustrating for those involved. Um, but in terms of Mozzie Smith, as, as him personally, I, I I mean, if he, I don't really care if he has a gun. It's legal. Um, the, where, the mode that he was, um, the mode, the exact moment where he was caught without, well, technically was illegal, but like we said, he was in the middle of getting a CPL and what it's fine. I don't really care about that. And the thing that it is, it, as you, he is a United States citizen. So it is his right once you're over the age of 21 to be able to possess and own a firearm. Now, if it was an AK 47 or something just ridiculous, I, I would probably have a much different thoughts, but it was a pistol. Um, he has since gotten a CPL, uh, because it was in the process, it wasn't there yet. I don't think you should be carrying it. I think it was probably just a bonehead thing to do for him um, before having his license. But in saying that, it wasn't like he was involved with an armed robbery or was 
or harmed somebody or pointed the gun at anybody. It was just in his car and he got pulled over. Um, the license thing, it, it's really, it's annoying, but I promise everyone in this room has left their house and gotten their car without a wallet at some point. And then you're like, oh, I don't have my wallet on me. Um, so it, I think it was just a bad situation um, all around. I do not want, I don't want his life to be ruined over this. I don't even think necessarily um, if it wasn't for the Michigan State game, I don't think I would say to even suspend him or have any disciplinary. I mean, Amani Bates had the same thing. He missed one preseason game. Um, now, if Michigan was smart and they knew this was going to come out, I think they probably suspend they, him. I for, mean, they knew. It was, uh, they did know. Yeah. The, okay, I, I, I want to talk about the Amani Bates parallels too because the difference between that is that happened three months before the season started. And then the charges were dropped promptly after that one preseason game. Monty Bates was going to miss the entire Eastern Michigan season if his charges didn't get dropped or if that thing didn't get settled in court beforehand. And he immediately, the next day, was dismissed from the Eastern Michigan basketball program until further notice. So there's not parallels there. I promise you. Well, I think there is because they handled it better than Michigan did. They and actually handled if, it when if it happened. I could, if I could finish on that, right? I think the issue comes from the way that everything was handled. I don't think he was doing anything to be malicious or to harm anybody else. He was using his Second Amendment right to own a gun, which is a law throughout this country um, that anybody can choose to do. And he got caught in a bad situation. Now he put himself in that situation, one hundred percent. I'm not calling for his head, however. I, it is absurd that the Michigan coaching staff and athletic director are calling for kids' heads over a fight um, because, in, in my eyes, neither of these situations are something um, outside of the Kari Crump swinging a helmet that should impact any of these guys' lives. Like, if you get – I've played hockey a lot. There's been fights outside of off the ice, like in the tunnels. Um, never have I ever swung a stick. Punches have definitely been thrown. Um, but so I, I feel like it's really tough to judge somebody, especially when they have no prior history. If this was an issue before and it happened again or there multiple issues piling up, then it's more of like a, well, what have you done for me recently? Has this been an issue? It was a one-time thing. Um, I don't want him to be, and I don't, I don't want him to not be able to play football. He's a great football player. He has a chance to go play football for a very long time on Sundays. Um, I think the issue strictly comes from how the situation was handled. Listen, I don't want Monzie Smith to stop playing football either, just for the next two games or the next game, however long they have. Because he should have missed at least that many, one or two, after this happened. This happened October 7th at 9.35 in the morning. Harbaugh probably found out about it October 7th, no later than 10.35. Well, he had to have, at least someone had to have, because I, from what I believe is they were about to go to Indiana, and he had to go to he had to get permission from the court to travel to Indiana. So someone had to, to have known about it at that point. So I, I agree with you. It should have been. It's crazy, crazy that they, they could have suspended him for a half a game two games and they didn't even have to say what happened until it came out and, and they could say oh yeah that's why he didn't play those games and then it'd been a non-story yeah. in my opinion disciplinary action how many yeah. times have we had someone suspended or sit out a game for quote disciplinary reasons and that's it and we never find out more well, about that and and i don't think that's on mozzie smith 
he's, no, it's he, not. He's okay. going to play. It's, it's he's going to he's going to play if they tell him he can play. If they tell him he can't play, he's not going to play. Yeah, no, so. it's, it's on the idiots who run the show in Ann Arbor. And to just if you didn't get to read it or hear it from these guys, let's just he didn't miss much. Let me just see how idiotic these the, these these quotes sound. We'll start with Athletic Director Ward Manuel. Quote, Mozzie was honest, forthcoming, and cooperative from the very beginning and is a tremendous young man. He is not and never has been considered a threat to the university or community. For, Fine. Yeah. But still. It sounds I'll, similar to what they said about Donovan listen. Edwards when his Twitter glitched, too. Oh, yeah, right. Glitched, or or Xavier, yeah. Xavier Simpson when, when he had a DUI. Or who was the, the kid that Jeff Jackson. Uh, stole the athletic director's car and crashed it or something? I think that was... That, that was Xavier. That was, that was okay, it. Wasn't yeah. stolen. Oh, it was Jeff Jackson. He I, told that's he used a fake name. Oh yeah, that's right. He told the cop a fake name. Yeah. So here's the quote from Harbaugh: "Quote: I have respect for our judicial process, and with that brings confidence that a fair and just resolution is forthcoming. Mozzie's character and the trust that he has earned over the past four years will continue to be considered throughout the process." Okay, first thing, Jim, you don't have an effect on what will and won't be considered throughout the judicial process. Um, but here's the thing. Here's, you, you already well, talked about well, who the, in that city the with Eli Savitt, maybe, yeah. Uh, but here's the, the, the biggest glaring issue that I found immediately, immediately after these quotes came out and after this situation was made public. And this is by design. It's not an accident that these two bums didn't say it. But here, here are three keywords missing from both quotes that neither Ward Manuel or Jim Harbaugh say in their official statements. Arrest, gun, and illegal. None of those three words are said, and they're purposefully deflecting from the situation and not associating Mozzie with those words, which is the hypocrisy of this situation is just so pitifully Michigan that it, it, it it's wonderful. It's it's beautiful. Of course this would happen. Of course Mozzie's a great guy. Of course he was about to have his CPL and didn't. Of course he doesn't get suspended for any games. But here's the thing. Where is the swift justice that Harbaugh was calling for when his guys got beat up by Michigan State guys? He was out there in the press conference livid. He had smoke coming out of his ears, you know, talking about being a father and the, the players are like his sons and all this stuff. And, and he wants heads of Michigan State and he wants to hold them responsible. What about holding your own guys responsible? If this was your son, how would you react? Certainly not the same way that you did. He wouldn't play the same day or the next day if it was your son. And I, I would like to say, if, if you're going to point out words that weren't said, um, Alan Haller and Mel Tucker never said uh, fight. They used the word altercation. They said altercation in the tunnel or incident in the tunnel. Nothing was said about anybody getting jumped. Nothing was said about a helmet being swung. So they, they have people who advise them on what to say. Um, I don't think a lot of those words were probably... Does that make it better that Harbaugh didn't say these words? No, no. I'm just saying it probably wasn't Jim Harbaugh. It was probably somebody in human resources who said, this is what you're posting. Here's the thing. And he said, okay. Harbaugh's name is on it, though. So that's who I'm going to go after when I see this stupid yeah, quote. Any, It's any company. No one, like, Mel Tucker didn't write that thing. He might have, but... They're trying to do what's best for the university, and that's all they care about. They don't care about justice. They care about... Well, they act like they do when that's, after that's, the Michigan. That's, that's the point. The that's the point yes. I'm trying to make. That's they don't, the that's issue. That's what I'm saying. They don't care about. They don't care about anything other than the university, unless it harms somebody other than themselves. That's the issue with the Michigan way, and this has been going on for probably fifty plus years. We know all the way back 
all the issues with Chris Webber and Jimmy King and the Fab Five back in the 90s and before that with Michigan's foot. This has been going on for years, and it's just so perfectly blue and yellow that it happens again when they're having the best football season in their history. I, I would like to – parallels you could make to Michigan State um, situations that Michigan fans and even writers um, critic, that, that things that they criticize Michigan State for – Connor Cook not being a captain because he was a quarterback, and then their uh, Michigan's captain, Mozzie Smith, and whatever, and then L.J. Scott when he was arrested for not paying parking tickets because he lived in East Lansing and everyone gets parking tickets in East Lansing, he didn't pay him so he got arrested for it, and that was he Mark D'Antonio let him play, and that was a huge deal for Michigan fans that Mark D'Antonio was playing quote unquote a criminal because the dude didn't pay parking tickets like, and then this the Mozzie Smith is. Um, I, I I would argue that this is a much bigger deal. What uh, he was, it, it he, is. <laughs> so and, and he played for seven games with yeah. now eight, I think, because of yesterday. So it just, here's the it thing. Just, too. What I'm saying, if Michigan was smart, they they suspend him for one game, say disciplinary issues against Indiana, against someone where that they don't need him. He could have missed then, that game; they would have been completely fine. And then and then when they look back and they say, "Oh wow, like he didn't." Mozzie Smith out today for disciplinary. That could mean anything. That could have meant he missed practice. He fell asleep during film. He got into an altercation with somebody on the. F- and people try to figure it out, but all you have to say is, "Yeah, no, it. It was. He just had to sit out this one." And then later on, you can say, "Yeah, we handled it. He he missed the game right after." All right, wipe your hands. You're done. They didn't do that. So I just don't understand constitutionally, legally, how this mob has been able to be created in Washington County and in Ann Arbor. How is Eli Savitt, who the only thing in Ann Arbor is the University of Michigan. That's all there is. Great art scene. That's the only nice thing I have to say about the city. There's nothing else important there, right? That's If you live in Ann Arbor or in Ypsilanti or anywhere around there, you care about Michigan. You're a Michigan fan. You probably went to Michigan or know someone who goes to Michigan or went to Michigan. Eli Savitt is one of those people. Or Michigan gear from Walmart. That, (laughs) That too. But Eli Savitt is somehow allowed to be the prosecutor in the district attorney's office for the entire Washington County when he went to Michigan and to make matters worse, still teaches there and gets paid by the university. So of course, I mean, this is all of our faults for even allowing something like this to happen because of course this situation is going to turn out the way it is where Michigan people, Michigan players and coaches and um, associates are going to be favored by law when they've got their buddy who they graduated with and used to go out to the bars with back in the 90s as the prosecutor who's like, oh, no, 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 don't, don't worry about it. And so what Savitt said, which really confused me about this whole situation, is he originally said the reason that it took so long for the charges to come out and for Smith to be arraigned was that he wasn't arrested at the scene. Well, that was incorrect. And so then he came out later with a clarification that said, oh, well, he was arrested, but we only have uh, to come out with the charges and make a decision on them, whether we want to pursue them or not, within 48 hours if he's held in custody. So, But 
he was arrested, so at some point he was held in custody, and somebody had to come get him out. So when does the clock start? Does the gate close and they lock it, and it's like, all right, you got 48 hours, or because it's a Michigan defensive lineman, it's like, all right, give me a few hours, I, we'll get him out, I wouldn't and be, then we'll wait a month, over a month, to let this information I, be public. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised either if he was put in handcuffs, put in the back of a cop car, they figured out, holy crap, he's the starting nose tackle. Yeah, he for, didn't have his license at Michigan. first. They had to find that out somehow. So I'm sure you just said, I'm Mozzie Smith. And they were like, well, you know who Mozzie Smith is if you're from that area. Um, yeah. Or if you've watched any Michigan football because he is a beast on the field. So you see, oh, he's Mozzie Smith. Probably put him in cuffs, radioed somebody, and somebody said, call his parents, call someone, call their, one of his coaches. You mean call Harbaugh. <laughs> call, call whoever. Let somebody come pick him up. And he didn't even leave wherever he was arrested. He probably walked away or drove home. Most likely. Like, I mean, so he was originally pulled over for speeding. That so would've... when they say he was arrested but not to, wasn't kept, my guess is he was put in handcuffs, put in the back of a car, but he never was in the police department. He was never in a holding cell. He was never anywhere, which, again, that's not on Mozzie Smith. Mozzie right. Smith... I believe that he cooperated the whole time. I believe that he said, well, this is what's happening. Here's the, like, I understand, whatever. Got in the cop car. Um, I'm sure he pulled. I play football at University of Michigan. Um, and then somebody somewhere in the jury system, in the Michigan State Athletics Department, in the Michigan football coaching staff said, yeah, no, this is not happening, and then let him walk. So Yeah. I, I, for the way the situation was handled, the blame all goes on the bad decisions by Ward Manuel, Jim Harbaugh, and Eli Savitt, and anybody else associated with that football program who has any decision-making ability behind closed doors. And that's my biggest issue with all of it, is you can't have it one way, and then when it's against your own guy, have it the other way. And to not suspend him, to let him play through this historic season, don't get me wrong, this is the best Michigan football has ever looked, and they have a chance to do something crazy here in a couple weeks. But it just would be perfect that they can't mess up this perfect season and there can't be any stain on it with this Mozzie Smith situation. But if they had handled it like adults and handled it up front with accountability um, and consequences for actions when it first happened, there wouldn't be a stain on this season. But now there is forever because of the way it was handled and because a month after he's arrested we're finally found, we're finally finding out about it so that's uh, i blame mozzie for the for the dumb mistake that he made and again i mozzie is a good football player i can't speak to his character and his personality if he turned out to be a horrible person then wouldn't be the first athlete who we thought was in our good graces and then turned out wasn't but to his football playing ability, he's a fantastic defensive lineman. Is probably going to be a top ten pick in the draft. And do I think his life should be ruined for a mistake like this? No. But and I, I think the same way for Michigan State players. But on the other side, for the guy in blue and yellow who's screaming at the Michigan Michigan State game to for the heads of these Michigan State players, by law, by the rule of the law in the state of Michigan, what Mozzie Smith did was worse than what any Michigan State player that night did except for Kari Crump. By law, it was worse. Yeah, I also, one of the things we haven't touched on yet is the fact that this news, we talk about it, it came out a month later. It also came out the day after Jim's um, media availability 
which is pretty convenient for them that he didn't have to um, speak to that and didn't have to answer any questions. And then they just go to Purdue and roll like everyone knew they were going to. And now, no yeah, one's gonna, yeah also, you know what two was days, so, you know what made me so days mad after I, Ohio ask, State. I don't. I didn't. I watched the game, but I was at a restaurant last night and I did, I wasn't listening. Did they talk talk about Mozzie Smith? I didn't. I missed the entire. Well, I saw. I kept up with it, but I was at the Wings game, so I have no idea. Okay. I, I was. I was driving back. I watched. A good, I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I curious watched to see a good how chunk of it. it. I'm sure they said something. They. I got. I. I. The, unless they said something in the very beginning or the very end, I watched the second, halftime and third quarter, um. And. Oh, he made like three tackles. And I was they about just to say, on, I they mean, kept yeah. on, they kept on saying his name, but I he had didn't two hear, tackles in a solo. I didn't, yeah, I didn't hear anything about oh off the field, but also it was possibly two of the biggest Michigan fans announcing that one. Um, yeah, and Gus and Joe, uh, Joel, Joel, whatever. Yeah. The, um, but that that's what made me and Liam. You brought up a good point with that. That's what just irked me so much and made me so mad when reading up on this situation. You read the free press, um, you read the ESPN articles, whatever it was, the Fox articles, and all the local people writing about this story. And as we do here at Impact, you you know, a part of the business is promoting your other stories and articles and, you know, you tag and link some of the other stories. And about about halfway through every article I read regarding the Mozzie Smith incident was Oh, the breakdown for Michigan versus Purdue in the Big Ten Championship. Here's the matchups, the lineups, and what to look out for. Here's the scouting report. And it's just perfect because the the way they timed it was beautiful. Um, From a PR standpoint, this is going to be used in college classes to teach um, public relations for how well Michigan handled this as far as the timing goes. But like you said, you said the optics, and even beyond the optics, the ethics, the morals of this are just so stupid and, and, and just plain annoying um, that I, I I couldn't not talk about it on the show and, and couldn't give my piece because it's just it's just perfectly Michigan, um, and I I all, I wish all the best for Mozzie Smith and that this doesn't ruin his life, but I don't think he should play football for the remainder of the season. I disagree. I, with that, I think he should have been suspended earlier. So why not now? Because now is killing his draft stock. It's it's, no, it's not. Yes, it would. He's played thirteen games and been the best defensive lineman for them for thirteen games. Yeah. What's but, one more? He's playing. Probably, if they beat whoever they play, which assume they will, against Georgia, he's going to be playing the best that he's played yet, and that is what helps him move. He played up. Georgia last year. Yeah, he did, but do you don't think he got any better from last year? I mean, I'm sure. He yeah, did. It's not, it's, so, it's, you said the best I mean, he had two played. tackles against Purdue. Yeah, but he, I mean, no, he's a new. He, he's there. He's there to plug holes and stop the like. He's not there to get pressure, and he's there to just stop the run and I mean, plug all, all huge did, all holes. All Purdue did yesterday was run the ball. Yeah, um, so. I, I think it just hurts him by not letting him play. I think it was handled so. So poorly. you mean to tell me he should have consequences for illegally possessing a firearm? He should have, right? But he didn't. Better late than never. Do you do you think they'll suspend him? No, I abs- absolutely not. That's no what way. I'm saying. No way in hell they suspend him. There's 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 zero chance. Do I think they should? Yes. I, do I think I, they should have the I, next I, game? I think yes. they should have already, and that the fact that they didn't is now it's. I don't. If he doesn't play against, I don't know who, whoever they play. I we're gonna get into it. Who 
we think is going to go up against two. But TCU, I don't I think they might not need them, but Georgia, they need them, um, which hurts Michigan, but also hurts him. So, right, I, I don't know. There should be consequences <laughs> think, for these actions. I, I think I that's, think that's the point I'm trying to yeah, make. And I think is, it's, I think it's Michigan better late should have than to never. pay for them. I don't know how him having to pay for them eight months down the road. That's just hurting him because if Michigan would have done what then was he right, be both, if both he, if he parties is. should have consequences yeah. for their actions. I, I Michigan let him play for a month. He illegally possessed a firearm. Yeah. Without his driver's license and while speeding at 9 in the morning, the day before a football game. You should have to miss that football game. And if you don't, you should have to miss a football game. You don't get to be a part of this historic season for all eternity that Michigan is going to have. This is going to go down in history as the best year for Michigan fans. Because, oh, because your your coach wanted you to play, and so it, we found out a month later w- what all this happened. And I just, I in my it truly in my heart, I just feel bad for Mozzie Smith. I mean, because I do too, if this yeah. situation, yes, he made a mistake. Should that cost him being a first round draft pick? Probably not. Should that cost him going as early as he possibly could go in that first round? Probably not. Should it have cost him a game in October? Yeah, but. You don't play in these big games, that hurts him. Which it sucks. Well, if, he did. He did mess up. He did do something bad. But now it's hurting him. Where they could have just had him miss a game early in the year, a game that didn't really matter for him, and they would have been fine. So and he should be. If he ends up, he's not going to. And if he does get suspended, he should be mad at Michigan for I, not suspending. I agree. It should. He. It I think shouldn't the only matter gets how big spend- the game is. It, I, it, sh- it shouldn't have mattered when it happened. And it shouldn't it's matter a game. How. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it should be equally weighted I, as the thirteen others that they have. Played. And I think that it, unless the Big Ten Conference says something, he will not be suspended. Um, now, in saying that, I think some Michigan officials or athletics should be looked at, but at and that might be an understatement. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, he's a guy that's our age. And he made a mistake, and I don't want his life to be ruined over that. And I've, many of you know I I dislike that school probably as much or more than everyone. And I would love to see them get bounced first round um, of the college football playoff, but I don't see it happening. I don't see him getting suspended, and I don't. If he gets suspended, then then he falls drastically. I think that's just a huge loss for him. I guess, but I'm always curious what would happen if the shoe was on the other foot. What if Mozzie Smith went to Michigan State? No, he would have been suspended what if, what immediately. If he was, what if he was already in the NFL? I think he'd probably get suspended for a game, even if he was in the NFL. I don't and know. People, the NFL is people would crazy. write about how Mel Tucker should, is not fit to be a head football coach. Correct. He should yeah. be fired. And, Thug University and yeah. all that BS. But Ooh, yeah. So there were a lot of college football terms thrown out in that segment we're going to take a quick break when we come back we are going to talk about the craziness that happened in the college football playoff yesterday and then coming up at 11 58 we'll talk a little bit about the lions and give you our nfl picks this is the green and white report here on wdbm all right welcome back to the green and white report let's get right into it the college football world was rumbling all over the place yesterday. Big shakeups due to some uh, upsets in the conference championships. Um, yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I don't hate to say I told you so. I I told all of you. I told everyone. USC and TCU. What did I say? 
I said they're going to lose. Guaranteed. Now, I thought, now I'll admit, I thought Tennessee was not going to lose by 85 points to South Carolina. And they'd Shout be, out Spencey Wentz. They'd be, they'd be uh, uh, how about the, the end of the season that South Carolina had? My goodness. But I thought Tennessee would, 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 be, would be right here in this picture. But hey, instead it's Alabama. But Ugh. Pac 12, Big 12, they don't have it in them. USC loses 47 to 24 to Utah, just embarrassingly. Caleb Williams had uh, some. Eight letters written on his fingernails again uh, for that game, um, and I loved what Cam Rising I, I, said about it in the presser. I think Brendan has the same mindset of the, as the committee that only the SEC and Big Ten matter. Well, that's because they're the only so good football. You, you want and you want TCU to Listen, be. Look, you we'll, want TCU we'll to get, be. We will. We will get there. We will get there. Playing in the conference championship. That's crazy. We'll get there. USC loses forty-seven to twenty-four to Utah. TCU also loses 31-28 to <clears throat> Kansas State. In overtime, Michigan takes care of business against Purdue, 43-22. Mozzie Smith played in that football game. And Georgia dominates LSU 50-30, to despite the fact that that was actually the most points any opponent scored against Georgia this year. Um, it was also the most that Georgia had scored in a game, but in three other games they had 48-plus. So, like 50 versus 48, not a big difference. Um, but LSU puts up the most against against that Georgia defense than anybody has this season. Um, so... Everybody that was able to, it seemed like, took to Twitter after what happened yesterday, more so after the TCU game rather than the USC game, which actually happened on Friday night. Um, Once TCU was close and looked like they might lose, everybody was giving their opinions who they're for is going to be. And all that I saw, Georgia 1, Michigan 2, and then you could flip TCU or Ohio State three or four. That's everything that I saw. And I'll tell you what, that's probably what it should be. TCU, TCU probably should be in the playoff. Definitely. Based on their merit, based on their undefeated regular season. Max Duggan beast. Their regular season Big 12 championship. And then they lose in overtime in the conference championship. They should be in. Do I personally want them to be in? No. Do I think there's a chance they don't get in? Absolutely. Because in the history of this playoff, the short, very short history that is going to be changing very soon of this beloved college football playoff that we have and our wonderful committee that has built it for us, the possibility of the four teams in the playoff this year is the single greatest they'll have, they have had or ever will have. Because there is an avenue for the committee to put Alabama in this playoff. And you have Georgia at one, Michigan at two, Ohio State at three, and Bama at four. And then you've got Georgia versus Bama. In the last five years, biggest rivalry matchup in the SEC, playing in the semifinals. Oh, and then you have the single largest rivalry in college football over on the other side of the bracket and a rematch from two weeks ago, Michigan versus Ohio State. I... The money that would be made for TV rights, for advertisements, for tickets, for merchandise. Unreal what they're leaving on the table if they put TCU in this playoff. It's unreal. You got to remember, Texas is a huge market. Huge market. But TCU? 
Yeah, I mean, you can argue. You could argue TCU's the fourth well, biggest I, market in Texas. Still, go ahead, man. I understand your point about Michigan Ohio State. If they play in the playoff, that will be the biggest, probably the most watched college football game of all time. Whether yeah. it's the final or even the semifinal, which is what they're probably going to want to set up. But I don't think the Bama Georgia game is as enticing as people because they play every year and they played. They played in the playoff now what twice I think, already. But but, but like, here's the just, thing. I think arguably the best college football game. In the last decade, was the Michigan or not the Michigan, the Georgia Alabama national championship, where Who Tua cares? came in and won overtime. Last year, it's going to be a good but, football but, game. But, no, it I, won't. I, I, TCU is going to put up a fight, whoever they play. I, I, I I'm, I'm going to throw that out there right now. If TCU plays Michigan and Ohio State plays Georgia, which I think is how they're going to do it, at least how they should do it, TCU Michigan will be a closer football game. I'll say that right now. I think Ohio State, Bama's, whoever plays Georgia's team, Bama, Bama's resume is not that impressive this year. They're three and two against ranked teams. TCU's five and one. They lost to uh, LSU. Is looking like not that they lost to A and M. They got blown out yesterday. LSU was playing pretty good in the middle of the season, but they're not the greatest team. And they and they beat Bama. Um, Bama beat or lost. I mean, the ten- Tennessee's a good team. That's not a horrible loss on the road to Tennessee. But their their resume they ba- they barely sque- squeaked by Ole Miss. Like this isn't like the, if this was any other team not named Bama, they're not even considered for this spot right, right and now. And if TCU is named Texas or Oklahoma, they're still in regardless Easy. of what happens. Easy. And the other problem yeah. I have with TCU is they beat Kansas State on the road early in the year. Kansas State is clearly a top twelve team That's in the country. That's a good football team. You lose yeah, in overtime good. on a game that could have gone either way, and they very easily could have won. I don't know how you punish and them just for playing the extra and game. And their quarterback had a Heisman-type drive. If they win that game, that, that could be the type of drive that you— I, He couldn't even walk off the field. He was so gassed. Beating a team—and for USC, they lost to Utah twice this year. But beating a team twice in a year is so difficult to do. Like, that's why if Michigan plays Ohio State, I'd probably take Ohio State to win in a close game. But I just think that—well, Caleb Williams was hurt for three-quarters of the game for USC, and that's part of the reason why they didn't win. Yeah, USC also can't USC tackle. That was because Utah was wrecking him, but— yeah, just, he pulled his hamstring on that huge run he had. I, I, I mean, I mean, I, I, there's, I, there's no Caleb Williams slander here. That dude's amazing. He's yeah, gonna be the number one pick next year. But their defense is <laughs> gonna be their cold. defense is horrible. They that defense did not that defense did not deserve to be in the playoff. TCU other than deserves that, it. Other than that one Cam Rising hit. Yeah, well, they they didn't miss that one. That I guess, was but they crazy. 20, but every other, twenty-two tackles. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn made somebody look. Here's my like a fool. here's my thing with Bama. And we don't usually have this conversation with Alabama because they're usually undefeated at this point in the season or with one loss and it's to Georgia or somebody in the SEC championship, whatever. Um, but frequently when we get these one-loss teams, two-loss teams who are battling for that fourth spot, it's teams like TCU, USC, Ohio State with one loss and not playing in the conference championship or Michigan or somebody. Usually the conversation we have is about resume. And like you said, Bama's resume is not that impressive. But Tennessee's if, is better. If I were to, I agree. Tennessee Bama, had to play Georgia. Bama has lost, and ten, I mean, yeah, Tennessee had to play Georgia and Bama. Bama lost on the road twice by a combined four points to two top ten teams. Don't care. Neither do I. TCU lost once by a combined three points in overtime in a conference championship. And if you don't want TCU, by, by in, that argument. TCU lost by 75% as many points as Bama did the whole year in one game. I don't care about that. <laughs> but also, if you're— Michigan if, State made the playoffs, and they didn't lead. They didn't time, lead, it works they didn't every lead time. for a single second of regulation against Michigan and Ohio State, and they made the playoff. They won both those games. I don't really care. They won the game, but Bama lost the games. So, and if you're telling—if you're saying that TCU shouldn't get in, then 
why should they go play in a conference I, I, championship? I started they the se- were, they I were started in at twelve and zero. I started the segment with TCU probably should get in. So yeah, but I would rather see Bama. So if TCU would, if TCU was to get in, or if they were twelve and zero, and they said, "No, nah, we're not going to play in the conference championship." Because we don't want to have that one loss. Because team, you don't have to play in the conference championship if you I mean, don't want to. I mean, if they were to do that, then they wouldn't get in the playoff because because they didn't play. So you, they can't. No, it's be not punished. because they didn't play. It's because they didn't want to play, and you, you can't like scheme the system like that. Also, no, like, Notre Dame does. Like the teams that the teams that will Notre Dame is just an independent. They don't have a conference championship. They do it so they don't have to I play mean, thirteen games. The Big games. Twelve added the conference championship game so they could start getting into the playoff. That's because yeah. that's why TCU, they literally, TCU, TCU, got, TCU got, got screwed, screwed for in twenty fourteen. Yeah, and exactly. Baylor did, but I just I don't know. I I don't know how you, you don't punish. get screwed if you have a better football conference. That's my point. The, te- the, the Big Twelve is better than the Big the re- Ten this year. Yeah, that is true. If there was a Big Purdue Ten, Purdue just played in the Big Ten championship. If there was a Big I mean, Ten, like, Big okay, well let's okay. If you want to get into that, then we're talking about divisions and the setup. And, yeah, can, the Big Ten is top heavy. The Big Twelve is much. The Big Ten than the is Big 10. East heavy. Uh, is 12. what you mean? But top, I mean, There's top heavy, top heavy. They have three to four teams every year that are worth anything, they, and everything else is. There are three Blah. teams in Penn State. Got I mean, I Penn, guess, but Penn State, Minnesota was ranked two seasons ago. Wisconsin was ranked two seasons ago. Michigan State was in the playoff conversation last season for much of the year. Penn State's always in. It's just about the year. This year, the Big Ten is top-heavy. Every year? That's no. what I'm talking about this year. Uh, yeah, but even then. I'm talking, I was I was referring to the Big 12 Conference historically oh, yeah, and as I mean, a whole. The Big Ten, Big Ten is, the Big Ten's a better right. conference. That's, that's, my, but that's my point. The Big 12 was a good football it's like conference. If you, if you don't want to get screwed out of a playoff spot, have have a better football conference. Play better football is my point. You can't control how the other schools in your conference recruit or how they run their programs. I mean, you can control how much money they get. The conference signs the rights deals. I don't, I don't even know what we're talking about right now. It, I'm lost. Like, <laughs> so, okay, so TCU beats Texas, beat Oklahoma, which are two schools that you're very high on, and you said if, if TCU was I mean, either one of those this teams. This year, I'm just... Listen, Wait, I'm trying. If TCU wore burnt orange, you would say, "Yeah, put them in the playoff." I am sitting here giving my perspective as if I was a committee member. And don't get me wrong; these guys are idiots. Okay, they've made horrible, de- horrible decisions over the past ten years. Whether it's the BCS national championship or the college football playoff or whatnot, but there is so much more. Every it's about the money. This is a business. And there is so much more money to be made. How much money if they are you getting? None of us are getting earning any money from this. I want to more best, enjoy- I see the best games. I don't I'm, care about how much yeah, money. Yeah, I'm make. getting a more enjoyable football game if Bama is in there. No, you're not. Are you? You? You don't. I'm okay. Do you think? Serious. Do you think Ohio State is better than Alabama? I just, I just think that. Yes. I think that TCU okay. is is very so Ohio State four underrated. I think TCU gives Michigan a little bit of trouble. I think Michigan wins that in a close one, but I think I think Michigan should be worried no matter what. I think I, if I, think, I was Michigan, I wouldn't want to play TCU, and I damn sure wouldn't want to play Ohio State a second so time. So there you go, Michigan TCU, Ohio State Georgia. Those are two very good football games. Not as good as Bama Georgia, Michigan Ohio State. Sorry. Ba- Bama would roll over, or Georgia would roll over Alabama. They'd Georgia's rolling over literally anybody that's ranked. So, but you just said Ohio State's better. At that point, why reward a Bama team that went ten and two, barely this is, beat Texas A and M? This is the same Texas. conversation we've been having all try year. To try to set because up, you try to set up Ohio TCU State played Michigan. one of the worst games of the year and still went on the road and beat. Uh, they beat Texas, I believe, it was seventeen ten a couple weeks ago. It was one of the worst games Max Dugan played all year. I think it was his worst game. Bama played well in that game and still almost lost. Yeah, 
Bryce Young and had Quinn to, Ewers Bryce, doesn't get hurt. You, you Texas know, you know Bryce only, Young had to be, pull out. Bryce Young had to pull out Heisman moments to beat Texas at Texas. You know the only team to beat Georgia in the last two seasons. I don't care what happened. That was two years season. ago. Yeah. We're talking about right now. No, no, no. I'm just listen. The only team to beat Georgia in the last two years is those guys in the crimson and white and Nick Saban in Alabama. Yeah. And the only, team, of those the only 20- Big Ten team to beat uh, Michigan the last two years is Michigan State. I don't care what happened last year. I get it. I was just but saying, my, 20 of those 22 guys that were on that team are now playing on Sundays. My my point is, is that if there is a team, if there is a school, if there is a coach who knows how to beat Georgia, it's Nick Saban in Alabama. Nick Saban knows how to beat everyone. Doesn't mean he's going to. Right, but my point is... I get what you're saying. I just, I don't get... I don't I, trust I, Ryan Day or Sonny Dykes in that game. I, I totally, I totally get what... lost you in the playoff. I totally, and now is not the time to start. I totally get what you're saying in terms of Nick Saban. It just, I don't think that we should default to... Because they were... I don't think that we should default to Nick Saban getting every single benefit of the doubt, even when his team has a, a down year for a Bama team. I just don't think that they... If maybe if if their resume was a little bit different and they had uh, beat maybe if they got to play Georgia and beat them and that was one of their wins that's that's a different argument to be had. I don't. What's their best win this year? Like I don't. I'm sure they they beat. Uh, I can't even remember right now. Texas, but. Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Those are their good ones. Texas it's not, it's, without Quinn Ewers. I mean, I guess well, Texas, Texas wasn't that great this bad, year. Bad. Yeah. They're okay, but yeah, Ole Miss at at Ole Miss when Ole Miss collapsed in the second half. I mean that's their best win, which is a, it's a good win, but it's not a win worthy enough to get you in I've the been, playoff. Listen, I've been saying this year that Bama's bad. This is like the worst Bama team that we've seen. But also, Bama loses to Tennessee because they don't have Bryce Young. If they have Bryce Young, Bama wins that game. Their backup, who I forget his name at this point, and I apologize, cannot throw the football. Does it, I can throw football better than he can? Okay, <laughs> I think he was a five star, so <laughs> maybe not. It's because he can run though, and. and he he cannot throw the football. If they have Bryce Young against Tennessee, they beat Tennessee, and we're not even talking about the Volunteers this entire year. And this whole conversation is revolving around a one-loss Bama, okay. who probably would one still loss Bama, be- one-loss Bama though would have already played Georgia. If they only lost one game, they would have already played Georgia. So then they're right. I mean, it's a it's two a, it's loss. A, it's a hypothetical. Georgia. If what that's a completely different conversation. And for Bama, it's a bummer that. Bryce Young couldn't play in that game. So my question: Do you think if Alabama, do you think Alabama could beat Georgia? Yeah. So you think they could have beat them in the conference championship? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, then that's how you feel. I was gonna say because I don't think there's a chance in hell that Alabama beats Georgia in that conference championship. If there is any team in college football that I had to bet money on for the rest of, I could pick any team out of any Division One team to play Georgia and beat them. I'm taking Alabama. Can I, I just say? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. If I if I was asked to do the same thing, and this makes me sick saying it, it would be the University of Michigan this year. And I this still year, don't think. Yeah. And I I've still been don't think that they all could do season it. Too. But they won't, because uh, Georgia would be. I think it's like eight point favorites over. I think it's six point favorites over Michigan already. Which I I don't know. Anyways, go ahead, Liam. I just try to. I was just going to say, Bama's not beating Georgia. One thing we it's haven't touched happening. on is oh, Ryan Day being borderline fraudulent and they have so much talent that that's they, why I would pick Bama they backed into the play like they, they it's just annoying that that Ohio State backed into the playoffs I know they they are deserving of it their resumes they obviously deserve to be in it based on what happened with USC but I just wanted to point that out that I don't think Ryan Day 
is um, at the same. He's not. He's not an elite level coach, and it's. Um, I think he'll be exposed again in the playoff. No and that. And that's why I think you put him in at four, and I think you put TCU above him because I don't think team. And this is how I feel. I think a team should not be penalized for trying to win a conference championship. So you think USC should be in then? Should they be no, penalized for they losing? I, I, I agree the with same you mostly, thing. but that's the same thing. It's the same thing. No, USC lost. Yeah, but how many TCU losses? Lost. Do this, how many losses does USC have? I get your point. I know, but, but when you're talking about just you, the conference it, championship, but then they would have been in if they didn't have a, if they didn't play. I, I get. I, have I, one I, I'm mostly take, in agreement with you, but like you have to, you still have to watch these games and take. Like TCU didn't look bad. They came back. Max Max Dugan played good. USC's defense got it just was yeah. Take take resumes out of it. Use your eye test when you watch these teams play. Georgia, number one team in the country. Michigan's two. TCU is a top four team in the country. Alabama is not anywhere near Georgia, Michigan, TCU. I mean, when five they, and one is pretty near if you ask me. They're not. But they're, 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 they're not. The separation from one and two and everything else yes, this year is, is huge, so great. And then I it's love like, how you guys are lumping Michigan in here now. That's so funny. I know that's, you're a Michigan fan, so you love it. Perfect. That's perfect. J- okay, oh, just because I don't like a school or can't stand a team. No, no, no. I'm not. Does, sa- I shouldn't. There is no reason that I, that I could. Even I am argue the fact that they're glad. a very good football team. I think that they have yet to be exposed. I think there is spots that that team can be exposed. They were a very good team last year. Kenneth Walker ran all over them. They've obviously fixed their run defense because they don't really let up many yards on the ground. Yesterday so, was the first game they've been outgained that, all year. And they don't give up. The big thing about Michigan State last year was the big plays. They don't allow big plays anymore, and they know how to run well, against Well, the thing a, a for Michigan, offense. too, on the other side is that, again, growing up a Michigan fan, the biggest issue they had against Ohio State was they could never make the big play. They had three plays of 40-plus yards against Ohio State. They finally learned how to make the big play as well. But I'm not here to call you guys out or criticize you. I'm just saying... It's glad to see you on this side of the train tracks. It's a nice view from I'm over here. I'm not where you are. And I'm it's not, fun being I'm, right all the time. I've never once in my life, or will I ever once in my life, cheered for Michigan. Um, they're a really good football team. Though. They're, like, but they're a very good football team. Well, that's I, all I have I to say. Have, what I have said, all, like you guys on SRZ, I was the one that I have said that Michigan's a great team. I didn't think they were better I Dude, I wrong. said it after the first three. I I know. I would. I'm oh, just... after they played UConn, Hawaii, and Colorado State. It's like, where's the LeBron? The LeBron meme. I saw it. <laughs> I know. I could just see it. Michigan was going to go 13 and 0. That is Brendan this year. I've I have been saying. I'm not saying it after the fact. I'm not saying I I said Kobe was going to score 80 when before the game because I saw him in warmups. Okay, that's not what I'm you saying. Not... After the first three games of the season, I said Michigan games. is a national championship contender. Yeah, no, you. Did. I'll go back I, and find the film. Michigan State looked like a national championship I don't think contender. We were oh, no, they didn't. Against Western, against Akron, they played bad against Akron. They won 52 to no, nothing. They didn't. No, they didn't. They did not. Michigan oh, would have won 72. To nothing. <laughs> oh, man. They're, uh, I think Michigan's a good football team. I still don't think Jim Harbaugh is a quarterback whisperer. I think he's actually a pretty garbage quarterback coach because I mean, yeah. I think if he was any he good, got no, he was smart and got an O line. Uh, well, that and he got really good uh, wide receiver development, and he's hired some very good pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Now, in saying that, if Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback whisperer that he says he was, Joe Milton and J.J. McCarthy would be the two best quarterbacks college football has possibly ever seen because I don't know if I've ever seen anybody throw the ball the way Joe Milton can throw the ball, um, but the word touch is out of his dictionary. Um, 
doesn't believe in it, but that say, man can throw I lasers. To, I can't wait to watch Joe Milton in the Orange Bowl. I do have to say, though, can't I mean, wait. We, you can't, JJ's a good quarterback. Yeah. No, I'm saying, really? you have, you should, should he give, be a Heisman candidate? No. You have to no. give this Michigan team their good. flowers. They lost 12 starters and two coordinators and came back and had a better year than the year before and the best year in, in program history. Yeah, and I once absolutely smoked Brennan McGregor on the ice and he is now starting at defensive end for the University of Michigan. What? <laughs> That's right. important to throw out there. Right. Everybody gonna... look up a picture of me and look up a picture of Brennan McGregor <laughs> and just know that I put him on his butt. <laughs> Very right. important to know. We're going to leave the college football talk behind. We're going to transition to the pros. That's coming up after the break. A little bit of Lions talk and the pick'em. You're listening to WDBM East Lansing's The Green and White Report here on the Sunday Talk Block. Welcome back to The Green and White Report. We're here at the top of the hour on WDBM East Lansing. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we've got the pick'em today, um, talking about some of the NFL games. And i got to be honest, since the last time I was on this program and berated the Lions... They went 3-1 and one after that, including three wins in a row and then a Thanksgiving Day loss on a last-second field goal to the Buffalo Bills. I have to give my credit to the boys in Honolulu Blue. Should I pull you? I told you. I, I told you they were good. It. I still think... I told you they were good. I mean, they, I came out here and said they were going to win every game except for Buffalo. They still have a losing record and only have four wins on the year. Yeah, they so. played Jacksonville today, so it'll be okay. And yeah. they covered against the Bills, so... I'm nervous about Jacksonville. 4-0 against the spread. I'm nothing about Doug Peterson makes me nervous. He has a Super Bowl. Good teams so win. Great Nick teams cover. He has a Super Bowl because of Nick Foles. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor has a Super Bowl. Tyrod's elite. Oh God, Tyrod's elite. Hey, <laughs> shout out Mike Marucci. The, the team doctor messed. The team doctor was plotting against him when uh, he got that injection. In Praying his on his downfall. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, let's take a look at the Pickham standings as we sit here through... No, that's fine. We can just get right into it. Through seven weeks of, of picks. Uh, I sit at 49 and 42. Sloak just behind me by a couple games, 47 and 44. Merrifield dominating us by a nine-game spread, 58 and 33. Uh, Liam's bringing up the rear at 29 and 35. We Matt's don't have time. Picks. Let's just get to the picks. Matt has, <laughs> Matt has less losses than Liam, and he's picked like 20... Almost 30 more games. Good math. All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, we're going to get right into it. Jags at Lions. This game is even on the spread. Take your pick. I'll get us started. I have to go with the boys in blue. I, I, I think Damn straight. they have proven me wrong enough for a number of weeks in a row. A um, every time that I have picked against them, uh, for the most part, they have proven me wrong. So I'm going to take the Lions in this one to recover from the sad Turkey Day loss um, and a new way to lose. Of course the Lions lose that game. You know, I thought they were going to miss the field goal, and that would have been typical Lions. But it's more SOL that they find a different way to lose and give up a 40-yard pass on the first play of the drive when Josh Allen had, what, like 38 seconds or whatever it was. Uh, but I'm taking the Lions today. Yeah, Stefan Diggs is that guy, but um, one pride, and they're going to beat the Jags today. And I'm going to be very excited about it. I would love to take the Lions. I think I'm still going to, but Brendan now becoming a Lions fan scares me. <laughs> That's it's bad, bad news for them. But it's, if it's everybody's going to take the Lions, even if regardless of what Liam does. Shout out Trent. Shout out Trent. One pride. Give me the Lions. We'll, I see, have, what, we'll I, see what happens. I, 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 Here think comes the I have to take pick. the Lions, but I am scared of a Trevor Lawrence breakout game, like career-defining game. 
That would happen. Or, like, or, that like, would happen in Ford so Field. I'm, Career-definingly I'm, bad because the Lions are going to bolt race. Because I do think that that he he kind of figured something out uh, in that Baltimore game, and now he's he's going to be a guy, and it, it's going to happen soon. Jacksonville's losing simply because of what their mascot did. Oh, last that, was, that was that was ridiculous. disgusting. <laughs> yeah, not, not necessary. It shouldn't be allowed. Moving on, Pittsburgh travels to Atlanta. Steelers at Falcons. Another pick them. Take your pick. Um, if you're giving me the option of one or the other, it's not going to be the Steelers. I'll take Mariota and the Falcons. Yeah, Kenny Two Gloves coming out today. Mm, that's an indoor facility as well. <laughs> um, can't really throw the ball. Najee's kind of chubby. Hey, last time he was at Mercedes-Benz, he watched Michigan State win the Peach Bowl. <laughs> yeah, he Fun did. fact. That's true. true. More than likely, it might have been since then, but I don't know. No, I'm gonna. I don't like picking with Brendan, but I'm going Falcons as well. Uh, the Steelers played on Monday night this week. They beat the Colts, so give me the Falcons. Short there week. You go. Give me the Steelers. T.J. Watt. I think Kenny Pickett is turning somewhat of a corner. No, he's not. Kenny. Kenny. Too George close. Pickens is actually George, George, George Pickens, Pickens is a monster. He is a monster. <laughs> he, that dude catches. Everything. He wakes up and chooses violence yeah. seven days of the week. Sorry, Carter Landis. Your Falcons are losing, and all three of you guys. NFC North matchup, Packers minus three at the Bears. Just drove by that uh, stadium soldier field last night. Um, yeah, it didn't look too fun over there. I'm going to take the Packers to cover this three points. Just off vibes. Uh, yeah. I'm taking the Bears. Um, Aaron Rodgers is beat up. I think Jordan Love is a joke, so if he has to come in the game for them, um, I think that's troubling. He played pretty well last week. He did yeah. look really good. I'm it's, not going to lie. Justin Christian. Field's good. No. Is Justin Fields healthy? Yes, he just eight minutes ago he's starting. Yep. That doesn't that scared me. I saw it on my phone right before and I that's when I was like, all right. Kept that information this, conven- conveniently to yourself. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this pick is uh very personal. Uh JDC, JD Coster shout out, uh was rooting against the Rough Red Wings night last for night. JDC he last was, night, man. He was rooting for Vegas. Friend last of the program, night. but come Vegas on. scores a minute into the game and he gets up and starts cheering and Ew. I stared at him and I go, What are you doing? And then he also said that uh, Lafayette Coney Island is not as good as a Chicago hot dog. Wrong. Which is incredibly wrong. Go put a pickle spear on your hot dog, you savage. You're disgusting. I agree. Uh, so okay. I'm going with the Packers here. Also, we're going to have a Packers owner on the show yes, sir. in the next segment. So <laughs> stay tuned for it. that. I'll go to Bear- the Bears. Wow, my Chicago came out there. Uh, I don't. Ah, Bears. It's so easy to root against Aaron Rodgers, and I like Justin Fields, so that's my prickly, rationale. Prickly Aaron Rodgers. Jets at Vikings. Vikings favored by three points. Uh, this should be way more. Uh, give me the Vikings. This is Kurt uh, at 1 o'clock. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. I'm riding with my boy Mike White. Sauce Gardner is going to pick Kirk Cousins twice today. And Mike White is actually what Zach Wilson was supposed to be. Um, Zach Wilson, obviously, some off-field distractions. Um, yeah. Mike White, all about what's on the field, and that's what I for love now. about him. For yeah, now. for now. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Vikings, and I have a little bit more clarification in our gambling corner. Just a little sneak peek. Copy that. Commanders minus two at the Giants. This line doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how the Commanders are favored on the road against, against – Danny Dimes and the Giants and Saquon Barkley. Give me the Giants to win this game, let alone cover the two. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with the same thing. But, I mean, Taylor Heineke is that guy. That defense is good. I mean, he is that guy. 
I'm in on what the big hat trend. What, oh, yeah. what even is? I mean, I would love to get <laughs> oh, one. Oh yeah, yeah, the big hat. But yeah, one of my buddies uh, sells big hats, so hit me up. <laughs> what? It's it's huge, what? too, dude. That thing is massive. Now it's a thing. Like every like yeah. Thursday night football had one for John. They're gonna, all, my they're gonna be all my in the stands, in, dude. My character in PGA Tour 2K22 had a big hat. <laughs> Thanks. That's where he got the idea from. Um, Giants played on Thanksgiving. So they get the extra couple days off. So I'm gonna go with the Giants. I'm gonna go with the Commanders. I I love the Commanders. They they're they're in the playoffs right now. They're in a playoff spot. They've been for now until the Lions. I think catch every them. team in yeah. the East is in the playoffs. Lions right? got the tiebreaker. And Taylor Heineke just wins football games. So that's an easy pick. Titans at Eagles. Eagles favored by four and a half at home. This is kind of a surprise. I mean, the Titans are not great, and the Eagles are. Um, the Eagles, are, the Eagles good. have had a couple issues yeah, stopping recently. the run, and the past couple weeks, the Titans may or may not have one of the best power running backs in the league. But I'm not fly. You make good points, Eagles. I, I, fly. Okay, so you're going Eagles. Okay, I think this is a game where I want to take the Eagles, and I think they probably should win this game by like six or seven. But knowing my luck and knowing spreads, they're going to win this game by four, which means the Titans are going to cover the four and a half. Push. I'm taking Tennessee. <laughs> Give me the Eagles. I Ryan Tannefraud is well a fraud, and I put Malik in. Put Malik in. Even let Malik cook, even though I don't think he would do much better against the Eagles today. So yeah, give me the give me the Eagles. Malik and Derrick Henry read options. I'm going to go Tennessee. I interest. The Eagles have shown that they're human recently, and I believe. That the Titans are just a very underrated. They're one of the least talked about seven and four teams I've ever seen. I should be scared that I had the same pick as Liam. Moving on to Broncos country at Baltimore minus nine and a half. I think this could be minus nineteen and a half, and I would still take Baltimore. Give me the Ravens. Broncos stink. Uh, Liam talked me into going Subway with him last week. Um, every he's already talked about how he. Dangerous sandwich. Enjoys you, the dangerous. About the dangerous sandwich, like every week, because I get it once a week. <laughs> yeah, he 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 does. And, go ahead, go ahead. What's the ingredients? Go. Um, black forest ham, pepperoni, bacon, provolone cheese, um, on Italian herbs and cheese, toasted with lettuce, tomato, green pepper, banana pepper, uh, mayo and mustard. I don't get the mayo and mustard. I substitute those for oil and vinegar. Not on the menu. Not on the menu. Not Liam on knows the menu anymore. Heart. And yeah. yes, he knows it by heart, and it is spooky being in Subway with him. Uh, give me the Ravens because I said it earlier, our Uber driver in Maryland, Jay Schmoney, told me the Ravens aren't losing another game this year, so I'm just going to believe him. That, he's already been lost a few, few since he said that. They've lost a couple yeah. times, but I'm just going to keep on rolling with him. I would love And Lamar's going to be a lion. Ten, nine and a half is so many points. Oh, I don't. Uh, this is Broncos at four twenty-five, though. Let Russ cook. He's gonna cook eventually this year, right? He's got to. At some no, point, that's not. what you would think point, about a chef, right? At some point, he's going to cook. Give me the Broncos. Um, I'm gonna go with the Ravens. They're my Super Bowl pick. My Super Bowl. Um, I don't think they're gonna win. I think they'll be in the Super Bowl. Browns minus eight at Texans. Guess who's playing? Deshaun Watson. Guess worst, who's going to be in the stands? Worst human being in a the bunch NFL. Of the people who he assaulted. Yeah, uh, minus eight. The Browns are favored at the Texans. I stick by my word. I will not sacrifice my morals for the sake of the pick'em. Give me the Texans. Win this game. Win it by eighty. Go Texans. Go. 
Um, I I heard on, from uh, the Twitterverse that some of Deshaun's balls are um, <laughs> that he's throwing um, have been difficult Football. to catch. Footballs <laughs> that he's been the throwing. Footballs that he throws. Yes, you have to be careful be, with Deshaun. Are greased um, up. Yeah, I've I've heard that there is some type of uh, oil on them, and people are struggling to bring them in. Um, with that said, this is horrible. Uh, I will be taking the Texans. I hope Damian Pierce runs for 450 yards. Matthew. Browns. Ew. Wow. I, it's gross. What do you mean, but ew, the... You're making jokes like wow. that. And he picks the Browns. Because <laughs> Texas or, or Houston, Houston sucks. Like yeah. Especially with Kyle Allen starting. It's going to be C.J. Stroud's new home. Good, because C.J. Stroud will also flop in the NFL, too. So that's going to look great for Lovey Smith. Why does he even have a – never mind. Why Lovey Smith has yeah. a job? Illinois legend. Lovey Smith, the Lovey Spartan Smith building, killer. the Lovey Smith building at Illinois. Why that exists, I don't know. But <laughs> anyways, Liam, I'm gonna go with the Browns too. I just, I, I don't want to, but the Texans, the Texans, are your bones rattling yet? The Texans are just horrible, boots. and Nick Chubb is gonna run all over them. Seahawks and gunslinging Geno minus seven at the dwindled and Matthew Stafford list. L.A. Rams. I almost said St. Louis there. Remember those days? Those were Ray, Those were way better jerseys than the ones they have now. Those they should go the back days. to those. I like the um, Minus seven for the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, give me that. I'll take I'll take Gino. This is one where I, I'm, I'm debating this on using. This is a use, tough one. I'm, this is the one where I'm deba- debating on using the push. I say you're going to use, your, you're gonna um, use the P word over there? But I'm going to go Seahawks. I still think Kenneth Walker's winning rookie of the year. Um Last time I looked, he is the highest projected, um, and he is really good at football. So I'm going to go with K-9 and the Seahawks. It's a great observation that he's yeah. really good at football. Kenneth Walker, good at football. Heard it here first in the Green and White Report. Also, very nice guy. <laughs> he is a nice guy. There. Matty Ice. Um, seven po- I, mean, I know Stafford's not playing. He's out pretty much to the end of the year. But seven points on the road in a r- division game is ridiculous. Give me the Rams. It's too many points. Fair argument. Uh, I'm gonna go with Seattle just because Bryce. That went with the Rams. No, I mean they have so many injuries. I just the Rams are a hard watch. Sean McVay got clocked. They are. We gotta. We gotta. Root, we gotta root against the Rams, anyways. Oh, you're you're all the way back to being a Lions fan now. Yeah, wow. I've been a Lions draft, fan. Draft, I want the pick. best for them, but I'm not investing my emotion and my time in them until they show me something and. With a, a decent, see, if they have six wins this year and a third round or a, a number three draft pick, I'll be very happy. Yeah, me too. Dolphins all the way out to the other side of the country in San Francisco against the 49ers. Niners favored by four points. Um, I'm going to take the Dolphins to at least cover this. I don't know who wins this game. Probably San Francisco. This is one of those ones where I'm either going to be really right and the Dolphins are going to lose by one or really wrong and San Francisco is going to win by 24. I'm taking the 49ers. I, I'm not a huge 49ers fan, but they are good. C-Mac. Um, yeah, and just every part of them. And the, the handsomest quarterback in the NFL. Well, and that defense is just they so. Have a lot of second that defense is phenomenal. Um, and traveling across the country is never easy. Give me the Niners by like 15 in this one, I think. Jeez. Traveling across the country, difficult from your personal experience. Yeah, not easy. A lot of sleepy time. Jimmy G is a winner. Uh, 
Shanahan is going up against his former assistant, Mike McDaniel. So, uh, Who I actually he, really like. I think he he's is, funny. I'd say, like, I think he's a he's clown. Like the, he's the <laughs> most unfunny person on the planet, but it works. Give me the 49ers. He's like Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers wanted to be funny. Yeah. Give me the Dolphins. He's I feel like they just continue to be disrespected this year. I uh, think the Dolphins Mike, are good. You just said they're going to lose by 15 points. If this game's in Miami, <laughs> I think if this game's in Miami, I think the Dolphins beat the Niners by 15. There's a 30 point. Oh, okay, whatever. That's um, a wild take. <laughs> that's a 15 point swing. Where are they that's playing? That's a 30 point no, swing. No, that's 30. 50. Anyway, um, not a math. I'm going to go the Dol- <laughs> Dolphins. Mike McDaniel. I think it goes the other way. He's he knows that he knows exactly what Shanahan wants to do. Even though they do have those uh, those weapons with Debo and, and CMC, but. Uh, I think two is disrespected. Those receivers are too fast. I think they're going to cover it. Chiefs minus two at the Bengals. The Bengals are either going to win this one by three or lose it by 15. I'll go with the latter. Give me the Chiefs to cover two points in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. Bengals have been unimpressive this year, in my opinion. Uh, Juju's back, which will help Mahomes a little bit, but Travis Kelsey is still the best tight end. This one's tough. I'm trying to, to reason with myself on why to take the Chiefs. Jamar Chase is back. I, that's also why I'm trying to figure out if I can take the Chiefs. Um, and T. Higgins has like, looked is really he, good. Is he playing? Like, is he on a snap count? Or I have he... no idea. Uh, I, that worries me. I, T. Higgins has been really good, but both of them is terrifying. I I don't know. You have you know what you're picking? Yeah. Either nine, eight. Seven. No shot clock. Six. Yeah, no high school basketball. Do you guys have Michigan high school basketball? Give me the Bengals, I guess. I don't know. The counting didn't help. I was just trying to figure out what was going on. This is not Michigan high school basketball. We have a set amount of time that we can be on the air here. Yeah, we still got it. It's a Sunday morning. No need to be rushed on a Sunday morning. Give me the the Chiefs. I'll go quick. There we go. Yeah, see, Matt made up for the last time. Chiefs by a lot. By a lot, over as opposed to a little. Chargers at Raiders, Vegas favored by two and a half at home. Um, this is a weird one. I don't know who to take. Can I push on a decimal? Does that work? No. Yeah. No, you can't. You, no, you can. You can push. You're not. You're gonna lose. <laughs> uh, let them. Yeah. I'll take works. the Chargers. No reason at all. Uh, Derek Carr has not looked good, but Josh Jacobs and Devonte Adams have looked good. Give me the Raiders. <laughs> Uh, the Raiders are favored for a reason. What reason, I don't know, but that's enough for me to take the Raiders. Okay. Vegas I also, always I think, knows. I think the Chargers, their roster's garbage. I Justin Herbert saves them. This is one of the weirder lines uh, this year, I think. I don't really know. I'm going to go with the Chargers just because I just had so hard to bet with McDaniels. I don't think he's a good coach at all. Finishing it off on Monday night, Colts at Cowboys. Biggest line of the whole week. Uh, Matt, you should be worried here. Cowboys favored by 10 and a half, the only double-digit line of the games this week. That's a lot of points. So ten, many points. 10 and a half for Matt's Indianapolis Colts. Give me the Colts to cover that. I'm going to use Matt's strategy in my pick. Oh, Lord. The Cowboys <laughs> played on Thursday. Oh, last don't Thursday, bring that up now. So oh, they have no. a longer week. No. Give me the Cowboys. Can I? Press charges. Who was on the Who was on the buy on Sunday? Nobody. Nobody, no, nobody had a buy last week. Um, hmm. Can I call a timeout on like Jeff Saturday because Georgia is the one seed in the college football playoff yeah, that it's... literally is getting announced right now. Um, that was also a shot at Jeff Saturday because his clock management is that of a four year old. Um, oh no. 
10 points. So many points. That's I hate so Dallas. Many points. <laughs> Give me the Colts. There I we go. Myself. He was trying He was trying to find a reason not to pick Dallas, and he's like, I hate Dallas. I hate Dallas. Mike McCarthy, I hate him. Dak Prescott, I'm cool with. Tony Pollard, out. Why? I don't like Tony Pollard. Anyway, <laughs> Zeke is elite, though. Over to, over to Liam to finish us off. That's a bad take. Um, not a bad take. Okay. Great goal line back. Um, I'm going to go with the Colts as well. I don't – it's just – I don't. Maybe it's just because it's the only ba- it's only double digit line I'm seeing on the list, and it, that could be a shock factor. But um, it just seems like a lot of points. All right, we'll see if Liam and I can catch up to Merrifield Slowick as well. Liam needs a lot more work than you and I, but unluckily for him, considering Liam he has a lot two shows left, picks. I would say yes. Yeah, he does need a lot of work. We're gonna step aside when we come back in a few minutes. Nick Burt joins the show to talk about the World Cup right here on WDBM. Breaking news here on the Green and White Report. Have to apologize. Was under the impression due to, I will say, a verified journalist on Twitter, so in my defense, um, that the college football playoff rankings were coming out on Tuesday. They're actually out right now. Um, So our discussion from earlier is moot. Um, And here's how it goes. Georgia won, if you're not paying attention on ESPN. Georgia's won. Michigan is two. TCU, three. Bama 5, which means Ohio State is 4. Tennessee rounds it out at 6. So it'll be Georgia versus Ohio State and Michigan versus TCU. Kind of crazy how I said Rapid exactly that. Rapid reaction here on the Green and White Report. I just think it's kind of crazy. I said exactly all those things. Wow, so after 13 games, you were able to predict who the playoff was. Correct. It only matters after and the you 13 were not. games. The first I said TCU should be in. You said TCU should be in. But I'd rather Bama. I don't. I, I stick th- by that. I think. I think the hypnotoads. I think the the, the horned frogs didn't imagine, exactly work okay, out yesterday. I think it. the horned frogs can give Big Blue some issues. Imagine, imagine Mich- TCU goes out and beats Michigan. That video they post on Twitter after their wins, I might be the most. Thi- I'm, I'm more excited for that than I am for Christmas morning. It's that, valid. that video will be put in the Hall of Fame of Twitter. So with with the matchups, let's talk about the lines. Georgia's favored by six and a half against Ohio State. Michigan by nine and a half against TCU. Who covers? Does anybody Georgia. cover? Georgia. Georgia covers. Do any of the underdogs cover? TCU, TCU. might. Maybe. TCU's going to be a big underdog. How, mu- how many was it? Nine and a half. Ooh, I... TCU. I'm debating. I think Michigan probably they either win by seven or ten, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. I think that's a TCU really good line. on a neutral field against the second best team in the country. I think I take Michigan to cover that. I, I like I said, seven or ten. I, yeah, so I think Michigan wins. I think by it's like a really 14. good line. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, Ryan Day's game plan. He's got three weeks, and hopefully, he just won't run screen passes. Maybe he'll like air it out to like the best receiver in the country. But we'll have to wait and see. Probably not, though. Probably not because uh, he didn't do it against Michigan. So why would he start? To Ryan right Day's now? credit, the fake punt would have worked, man. They would have been right back in that game, but the the long snapper messed it up. And tell me, tell me if I'm wrong, but. I think Jackson Smith and Jigma might be back too, just to add. Which I know you guys are high, but okay, you have Marvin Jones, who is probably the junior. (laughs) Sorry, Marvin Jones would be a great add. Yes, he'll be in Ford Field today. Sorry, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, You have Mbuka. I can. What's his first name? I don't even know. Amika. Yeah, there you go. Um, And then you add Smith and Jigma to that, and I don't. That's just so much power because the two together are already a lot, but I think that would have probably helped against Michigan. I still think Michigan wins because 
Ohio State's defense did not know how to stop so, anything. Real quick, we have plenty of shows between now and New Year's to talk about this. Rapid re- rapid predictions. I'm going to take Georgia and Michigan to win. I'm going to take the favorites, and then I'm going to take the favorite who's going to be in the national championship game. I think Georgia wins two years in a row. Liam? Same. Uh, yeah, same. I, I will say— No I, TCU. No, but I think that's going to be a good game, which is what I'm excited for. It might for. be close, yeah. Um, I am— I actually said that Blake Corm is not playing. Um, I'm not. They uh, have to. I'm Donovan not, Edwards is still going to run all over him. It's the O line. No, but I like I like running backs who enjoy getting hit. Blake right. Corum loves He's contact. He's good after contact. Yeah. Um, it's the same reason I loved Kenneth Walker. They like getting hit. They like bouncing off of hits. So. It sucks that he's not playing yeah. because I actually enjoy watching him. I think he's a good guy. He does a lot for that community. It's a bummer for him. Um, and I don't know if he'll have the same success that Kenneth Walker has at the next level. I think he'll be an NFL back. Um, I just don't I don't know if he has the I think same. He, ex- I think he needs the O-line more than Ken did. Yeah, well, yeah. That's really? understandable. Yeah. I mean, Matt, your I, predictions? I'm ex- uh, Georgia's going to beat Ohio State. I'm excited for the TCU game because both these teams are second half teams. Like Michigan, it might third, be zero zero at halftime. It might be, and then the second <laughs> and then third it'll quarter, be thirty five thirty. My only request to TCU is when or if they win the coin toss, defer. Do not give Michigan the ball and allow them to have an eight minute drive where they score a touchdown you on you and to start the second half. Michigan has but allowed three points in the fourth quarter in the last. I'm eight just. Games. I, I think TCU is the one team that. Besides Michigan, that owns the second half. Obviously, they they had to come back yesterday to send it to overtime, which they did. Max Dugan is him, so we'll see. I guess I'll be different and say TCU is going to win. I guess I'll continue to be the go. Michigan hater because I want to. Um, I might buy Georgia, some Hypnotoad merch before that. Game. I kind of feel like I have to. Yeah. I well, mean, we'll we'll see if anybody else. Out. We'll see if anybody else can be different. Nick Burt joins the show. Uh, host of everyone's favorite show on Twitter, Quick Kick Around the Pitch, and co-owner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the CFL and the Green Bay Packers is here in the studio. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. We're here to talk about the World Cup, but obviously the rankings just came out. You're a football fan, college football guy. What are you predicting here for this for this playoff? Um, I think I think Georgia covers. Um, as somebody who has family in Ohio and is someone an Ohio State fan, that is painful to say, but they did not look good against Michigan at all. Uh, and then I do think TCU keeps it close, but Michigan wins, and then Georgia probably wins by like 15 in the national title. For those that don't know, too, we had a we have a weekly sports department meeting on Wednesdays uh, here at Impact, and we had a jersey contest meeting a couple weeks ago, and Nick pulled up in a beloved sweetheart Brian Hoyer Cleveland Browns jersey with the hat as well. A Browns fan you are. Yes, uh Yes, I am. It it has been a tough season, but you know, so maybe we keep going this year. Who so knows? Browns fan, yes, co-owner of Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Green Bay Packers. How does all that work out? Okay, so Packers was just to say that I'm an NFL owner. Like I don't actually root for the Packers. Okay. It's just you know, Fair. hey, I'm an NFL owner. And then the Rough Riders, I was kind of a joke back in high school when they went up for sale because everybody just said like I watched the CFL too much, and then. I just said, you know what, you know what, today's the day to become a CFL owner. So, and, I, and, I, or go ahead. And for those who are frequent listeners of the show, we're going to get into Gambling Corner a little bit after we talk about the World Cup here with Nick. But for those that listen to the Gambling Corner, Matt Merrifield has frequently made CFL picks, and I think we're we're putting the pieces together as to where those might come from. And Matt, 
in your defense, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't want to call Nick out here, but those picks have not worked out for you in the past. You're 0 for 3 on CFL four. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Nick, you don't, you don't have a great record with the insider information. I, 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 no, I do not. I would like to say, at Impact as a whole, we have Nick as a Packers owner. Also, Jacob Phillips, who called the hockey game for us last night. He is also a Packers owner. Yeah. Is there another college radio station in the country that has not one but two Packers owners? Two NFL owners. Probably somewhere in Green Bay. I don't think uh, so. Even that, I'd... I'd does Wisconsin Madison have that? We should. We need to find this out. We could put that somewhere. We'll have to, we'll, we'll have we'll to take have to our journalistic Adam, skills our, and put Adam, them together. Who is our traffic director here? How much um, is it to, to get become, us in contact with yeah. uh, Wisconsin Student Radio? How much is it if I wanted to become a Packers owner today? How much would <laughs> get I have it to, to pay? three? We need three of us. I believe they currently are not for sale, but I remember paying close to I think three hundred dollars, which is three hundred dollars for a piece of paper, basically. Okay. And you get invited to the meeting. And, yes, get invited to the annual owners meeting during training camp. Do you get a vote on anything? Like just like, what flavored pizza they have on a certain game? Like No, it's just basically like the structure of the business. Like you get right. to vote on chairman and stuff like that, but that's about it. Do you get like any merch or anything from it? No, you have to buy. Wow, right? that's lame. You get fifteen percent off at the team store, though. That's it. Fifteen <laughs> percent at an NFL team store—that's like a hundred bucks I for bet, something. I bet, I bet no other owner has to pay for for any <laughs> yeah. other team has to pay for merch. Yeah, you guys are unique in that, right? All right, but we're we're here. We so have you, you here to talk about release, right? to talk like, about the World Cup and, and what a fantastic couple weeks it has been in the group stages. Um, the highlights locally is that United States made it out. They got out of the group stage where this is the second youngest team in the field at the World Cup. Uh, they performed well enough. It, it wasn't, there weren't a lot of highlights by any means. They scored two goals in three games, only won one of them, drew the other two um, against England. And who was the last one? Wales. Um, Wales was the, was the one that they drew. Yeah, they gave up a goal in like the 88th minute or something on, on a penalty. Um, but they beat Iran to get out of the group stage and then promptly their knockout was ended yesterday against the Netherlands 3 to 1 in the round of 16 um the last US men's national team to win a round of 16 game was back in 2002 when Landon Donovan had hair um why can't I was 1 year old why why can't the US men's national team compete on an international stage they've never really been a contender ever. It's been a fun story for us here in America. And this week, I, the last two weeks have been really fun with all the highlight videos and the memes and stuff like that um, and the motivation and the support that this team has gotten. But I think we all kind of knew in our heart of hearts that this Netherlands game was going to be a big issue and they needed a lot of help um, and they didn't get it. Um, why can't they compete internationally? Uh, I think starting off, it's the competition in CONCACAF, which is like the confederation that the U.S. is in, like with Canada, Mexico, and then a bunch of Caribbean islands. There's not really that much like talent you're facing off against, except for Mexico and just coming up now, Canada. Um, and you like you play friendlies, but you're usually not getting the best competition with those other teams. And I think all I think there's other two other parts. It's managerial tactics. Like I I know we don't want to go like too deep into like what we're doing, but I think each time we actually do have a shot of doing something, I always think we have either the wrong manager or the manager doing something wrong. 
Um, and then players. I We're getting there with the players. Uh, like in 2002, when we moved past the round of 16, we played Mexico in that round of 16. So it was somebody we were used to. But at that point, it was still mostly all players that were playing in America. And they're just playing against each other, basically. Now we have people going out to Europe, playing against the top competitions with players that play for teams like the Netherlands. And we're getting there. 2026 will probably be better. But it there's still movement that we have to make. And so I, you talked about the managers, and I'm no manager expert for soccer, and, and you would know better than I would about managerial tactics like you mentioned. But from what I've read and what I've seen from the talking heads around U.S. men's soccer is that they like Burhalter and, and he's made some good decisions. And there's a lot to like about this team. They're the, they, they were the second youngest in the field. I think all of their key pieces in the next World Cup in 2026 are going to be under the age of 27, I think. Maybe one is 28. Yeah. Um, four years under their belt, like you said, playing overseas against good competition. I mean, there's it's, it's a long way down the road, and I think mm-hmm. most um, non-soccer fans who just pick it up during World Cup times um, are going to forget about it, but there's a lot to look forward to in 2026, it sounds like. Yes, I, I 100% believe that soccer in the United States, it it's getting there. It keeps getting better. Um, we are obviously hosting along with Canada and Mexico in 26. I think that's going to be what pushes it over as people taking soccer seriously in this country. Um, and I think the biggest key is going to be that we played in this World Cup. We made the knockout stage. I'm We we played a halfway decent game against the Netherlands, but it's that experience that's going to help us in 26 to probably do even better. And so what were some of the, I mean, there were obviously a, a lot to talk about for the U.S. men's team, but there's some other great games that have gone on in the group stages and in the knockout stages. One of the ones I watched yesterday while at... Um, an establishment right in Wrigleyville in Chicago, really cool place, um, was the Argentina and Australia game, uh, watching Messi and Australia almost fight back in that one. You talked about that uh, on quick on quick kick around the pitch. Man, say that ten times fast. Um, but what are some of the other highlights um, that you have enjoyed from the group stages and from the knockout stages over the last couple of days? Uh, I think my- – my biggest shock was Japan. I didn't think they were going to be good this tournament. And for them to beat both uh, Spain and Germany 2-1, both games they came back from 1-0 down, and now they're in the knockout stage. I believe they are playing Croatia tomorrow. I think that's a really good shot for them to move on to the quarterfinal, and I think they're just a great story because nobody expected that. Um, and then I think a team like Senegal, they're playing England today. They weren't in the the greatest of groups because they were in group a with qatar ecuador and the netherlands so you're not you played the netherlands but the other two teams aren't that great so we'll really see what they're made of today but they're a really scrappy team and they play that to their advantage so i've really liked watching them this tournament also so now that we're in the knockout stage and you're a tottenham hotspur fan if i remember correctly (laughs) <laughs> out in the the Premier League, which is the best league for those that don't know, out in Europe, that's the NBA and NFL of soccer internationally. Um, you have your your finger on the heart beating on the pulse of soccer around the world, not just um, during the World Cup. 
So who do you like in the knockout stages? Obviously, the favorites, you know, Argentina, England, Brazil is a heavy favorite this year. I think this Netherlands team looks pretty good. They're historically a country that has had really good teams and hasn't been able to win a World Cup. Who do you think is going to be the toughest team to beat? Obviously, France is another big name with Mbappe. Um, Who do you think is going to be the toughest team to beat, and who are maybe some sleepers that you're looking at to make a few upsets? Uh, I think sleeper, I'm going to say Japan. Because I, I think they're a really good team. Um, they play their game to their advantage. Like uh, Spain, the Spain and Germany game, they only had like twenty percent possession that whole game, and every time they had a chance, they took that chance and they got goals. Um, I think this tournament really has been a tournament of the favorites. So, if I had to pick a final right now, it's probably going to be Brazil and France. But I also wouldn't be surprised if England's in the final. Um, but I told one of my friends yesterday, I'm, I said, if if a UEFA team is winning the final, which is the European Confederation, uh, it's going to be the Netherlands or England. I, the, I liked what I saw from the Netherlands team yesterday. They have a tough game coming up against Argentina. And England, I think, is the second team with the most depth in this tournament behind Brazil. And they, I think they can play that to their advantage. And obviously, Nimer Jr. getting hurt is what? What are the chances he returns? Um, how much does that that help Brazil? Um, what do you think on that? Uh, I believe they said that he should be back for the South Korea game, which is tomorrow or Tuesday. I don't remember which day it is, but I don't think it's really that big of a problem for them because they have that extra depth on that bench and they I think they have like four or five like Premier League starters on that bench at the forward position so Brazil's going to be just fine without him so kind of what I was thinking but I wanted the more the expert opinion right. my dad's huge soccer guy really um yeah I played college soccer um grew up my grandpa coached soccer uh so a lot of soccer in my family uh I played football so i kind of got away from soccer um but yeah they love it and i i I like to get little tidbits so i can impress him but that's about it shout out speaking of college soccer shout out university of chicago um shout out cameron bloy friend of the program plays for them and julianne sitch the first female coach to lead uh, a men's soccer team at the collegiate level to a national championship they won the division three national championship yesterday shout out the maroons is their mascot. Great name. Absolutely fantastic. Former Big Ten member. Really? Yeah, Chicago, like back in the 40s. For men's soccer or just in general? Just in general. That was the last time Michigan won a national championship. Trivia (laughs) question. Until this season. We're not going to get into college football. We've had had enough of that. Um, Okay, so all the money's on the table. You have to make a decision right now. Who versus who and who wins in the World Cup this year? Uh, I'm putting Brazil in there. I think that's easy. Um, their only challenge would be in the semifinal against a possible Argentina. Um, and then on the Which other, is a heavy yes, rivalry for those that don't yes, know. Yes, very big rivalry. Um, they played last year in the uh, Copa America final, which is like the Confederations tournament, and Argentina won that game. And then on the other side, it's tough, but I'm going to have to say England. 
Yeah, you think you think England makes that's going to be it, it's a, tough, a raucous it, if both of those countries get in. It's going to be a tough ride for them because they if they do win today against Senegal, it is France on Saturday, I believe. So that that game probably will decide who from that side of the bracket makes the final. But I think I'm going to say England. And for those you know going back to Brazil and Argentina that don't know that the, there was a survey taken a couple of years ago of. A bunch of people <clears throat> from all around the world that said, what's the worst loss in sports? You know, people said game seven, you know, you know, second at the Olympics or whatever. And a bunch of Brazilians said losing to Argentina, not in the World Cup, in any fashion, in any capacity whatsoever. It's so much fun when those two countries go together. I think that would be really enjoyable. I think that would also be a good game. Would you agree? I completely agree. I think that that might be the best game of the tournament. It Depending on who is in the final, it might be better than the final. Uh, my dad just texted in and uh, shout out Keith Slowick. Um, I think he he just said England, so I believe that is That's his, his take, pick. Okay. That he's picking England to win it all. Okay, gotcha. England's going to make it all the way courtesy of Mr. Slowick. So that's our World Cup talk. There's going to be a little bit more in the next segment. Sneak preview. Uh, let's get right into the gambling corner. Uh, the last time we were on the show, and Nick is going to have some bets for us as our guest picker this week. Last week, I went 1-2, and two, and funny enough, I added an LOL on the show sheet at the end of this. The only bet that hit for me was uh, Michigan plus 9.5 at Ohio State last week. Uh, two weeks ago. We two weeks, were here two last weeks, week. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. That worked out pretty well for me. I had the only losing record, everybody on the show. All the rest of you guys went 2-1, and one, and Liam had a huge winner. How'd you get that right? Uh, light the beam. Let's go Kings. DeMontis Sabonis, <laughs> I bet. All right, I said first basket for DeMontis Sabonis against the... I don't remember who they were playing, but he got the first basket. I think it was the Pistons. Oh, it might have been the Pistons. It yeah. might have been that night, actually. Yeah. yeah, and the Kings have been electric this year. What a great offense. Great story. Big DeMontis Sabonis fans. Light the friggin' beam. Yeah. Slowick, you had a good week as well, 2-1. and one. Yeah, shout-out, Matt, for uh, I was debating between the Jalen Hurts, Jonathan Taylor, first rushing touchdown. I hit on that, um, and then I got a hockey right, so that was really exciting. Or I think, was that the, no, that was the week before I picked the Kraken. I that picked was, a different yeah, hockey was, game and hit before. on. Um, and the only one I didn't hit on was I needed, in the Titans-Houston game, over two-and-a-half rushing touchdowns. There was two, and Damian Pierce fumbled on the one-yard line. So wow. <laughs> very close to a 3-0 week. Um, That's Vegas. But I'll uh, I'll take that one on the chin, and I'll hopefully have another good week ahead of me. Merrifield also went 2-1 and one last week. Let's get right into this week. I'll get us started with some college football. No, I'm not talking Michigan. No, I'm not talking Alabama. No, I'm not even talking a bowl game. I think technically it's a do they refer to it as the Armed Forces Bowl? I'm talking Army versus Navy, the single greatest college football game every single year. I don't care what you say. There is no better game than this. I'm an Army guy. I visited West Point in high school. My neighbor's daughter went there. She's a fantastic woman. Shout out Kelly Kingo, uh, a member of the United States Army. Um, Army's favored by one and a half in this game. The under is set at 33 and a half absolutely hammer the under. The odds are at minus 110. Army is going to wipe the floor with Navy. They're going to route them 14-3 to on 275 rushing yards and 8 passing yards. Go Army, beat Navy. 
Slowick, your first pick. Yeah, so mine's actually, I'm bringing a parlay um, into... First parlay of the year brought First to the parlay. Table. And it is a Detroit parlay. All three major sports in Detroit. Uh, yes, the Tigers are not a major sport right now. <laughs> um, that are Just going on Matthew right Boyd. Now. Yeah, so again... Um, so the Red Wings taking on the Blue Jackets on the road, the Pistons taking on the Grizzlies at home, and then the Lions taking on the Jaguars at home. All the money lines can get together, uh, plus 911. So pretty good odds. Isn't like the last time that happened, like 45 years ago, they well, all won on the same day? And the only team that isn't favored is... The Pistons. The Lions are favored and by one and a half Repeat, now. the Pistons play the Grizzlies? Correct. Yeah, there goes your parlay. Sorry. Um, and the Red Wings play Columbus. So What's the line in that Grizzlies game? A six. That's it? Where? Plus, Where is plus it? six. Uh, like what platform? or what Memphis, Detroit. Oh, it's in Detroit. Oh, okay. That helps a little yeah. bit. I was still. like, platform, what do you want? Yeah. Make sure Tom Cavanaugh, friend of the program, doesn't go to that game. Oh, they, won- got- they beat the Knicks the other I night. I get it, he but there. he's still 1-5 five when going to Pistons game. But he's on a one-game winning streak. Yeah. He is on a one-game winning streak. He's on a heater. He you said, know. I'm 1-0 oh in the last game that I went to. The last game, yeah. He's on a heater. Uh, over to Matt Merrifield with your bet. Uh, first one, do some college hoops. Uh, North Carolina opens up ACC play today at Virginia Tech. <clears throat> UNC has lost their last three, had a tough weekend in Portland. Really tough And then Portland. having to go to Bloomington on Wednesday was a death sentence. Yeah. But they'll, Virginia Tech's not that good. I still think UNC is a good They're team. They're a good team. They're not, I they, think they, UNC's they, a top 10 team. They, they just, shouldn't have, they shouldn't I, have been one. I'm not a, no, that's true. I'm not a fan of Caleb Love's game. I'm sorry. I feel oh, like he come shoot, on. He shoots him out of so many games. Oh, come on. You're an NBA fan because you love watching the best in the world. There is no I mean, swaggier player in the world than Caleb Love. He's fun when he gets right. hot, but he also, when he's cold, lawyer. he just does, That's he, he doesn't, basketball he doesn't realize finest. that he's cold and he just chucks. My problem with UNC, it's the same issue I did with UCLA a year ago. Just because you went to the Final Four, you were a nine seed the year before for a reason. Yeah, but they returned everybody. They are, I get that, and they're going to be a good team. I get but they're what you're not, saying. But that. they just yeah. falling in love with the team because they go on a Cinderella run makes no sense. I mean, sense I don't to think me. they, they should have been, been one yeah, either. Exactly. Nobody in the country should really be the number one team. No one deserves no it. One Houston, deserves has, Houston is number one just Texas? by default because teams that have lost. Uh, horns up, I like maybe. Houston. I, I love I Houston. Chris Beard. Fear the I was, beard. I've been a Chris Beard fan since he was at Tech. Um, and I'm following him on this uh, rivalry move over um, to to Texas. But, I mean, Houston has barely survived. They're like last three games. They're just number one by default because they didn't lose like everybody else did. Um, so they're staying alive. Uh, Liam, you're also going to college basketball for your first pick. Yeah, interesting game. Starts at 1 p.m. 10 Very minutes from exciting now. game. Um, Kentucky is playing Michigan across the pond in London, which is pretty cool. Um, I have Kentucky... To cover the minus eight and a half, Michigan competed with Virginia, but they shot way above their heads. Um, they haven't. That that's not a good shooting team, and they made basically every shot they took. Hunter Dickinson's great, but he has to. I don't know how he handles is Oscar Shibwe. Yeah, yeah he is good. Yeah. He's a gr- he's a great college player. He's a great shooter from within side four feet. And his mid range. Yeah. A lot mid-range. of people sh- who are six eleven should do. His mid range has been pretty deadly this year. My the, fun, the, the single player. funniest thing I've ever seen on Instagram in my life was, you know, you talk about his mid-range, he's trying to expand his game because he needs to if he wants to make money. And there's a Michigan basketball video from last year, and it's Hunter Dickinson shooting three-pointers, and the caption is like, putting in work with like the flex emoji, and he bricks four in a row, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. That video video is edited, though. Is it really? When Michigan posted it, it wasn't, like, he didn't miss those all in a row. 
But yes, oh, he's not a good three point shooter. I mean, yeah, no, he's yeah. My issue with Michigan basketball and my issue with Jawan Howard is they love to show up in these games. They, yeah. they, they already I, did though I against yeah. Virginia. I, but they I, they that co- I, I like I would Kentucky's going to win today, but I, they're going to. Co- I just feel like they're going to. I feel cover. inside they information because they're not that because they're not that good. Like I, I feel Michigan like they used all that up against Tony Bennett in Virginia. They might have, but I they just they love that's to, at they home love to too. Go out, now they're out in London. They love to go out and make Casey Jackson State in Eastern Kobe Michigan. They love to make Eastern and Jackson State look like they're not complete and garbage. And Ohio, how many steals does Casey Wallace have in that game? Six, do you think? too many. Yeah, but anyways. six anywhere from six to eight. That game's only being played in London because Kentucky was only going to play Michigan if it was in Rupp Arena down there in Kentucky and Michigan. Why said, you, no, thank you. Why would you want to so. play a Chrysler? Well, because there's no one in there. Exactly. What were you going to exactly. say, Brandon? That was my insider oh, information. Okay, gotcha. Was that that's only being played in London because that's the only way Michigan could play Kentucky? Because they thought they were going to be good this year, and I'm sure they still do. But I am also, or no, we got Nick's first pick. Sorry, go ahead, Nick. I am also going to the hardwood. Uh, I am going Eastern Michigan plus ten and a half against Florida Atlantic. I Ooh. believe this is at one o'clock. Today. An Amani Bates sighting yes, on the Green yes, White Report. Yes. I, I'm only doing this because it's at the George Gervin Game Above Center in Ypsilanti. Oh, really? Oh, is cool. that the? Is that? That's where they play. Is, is that the? Oh, yeah, that's the new name of it. Yes. Yeah, I've been. Uh, that's a nice building, actually, a nice facility. I've been there a couple times. Amani's been struggling, though. I hope he turns it around. Yeah, they really need him too He's if they want to make any noise. Since I bet his yeah, over he got the points. curse of Slowick. I bet his over points, which isn't a thing, by the way. And, or he just overrated him because he played Michigan and went off, and Michigan's yeah. great, and he did not. Imani Bates on a neutral floor with a big stage is fantastic. Imani Bates in the regular season this is, is mediocre. Because remember what he did in the NCAA tournament against, uh, wasn't that against Gonzaga when he was at Memphis? Yeah. Uh, they played him in the in the 1-8 game in the second round, or they might have been 9. And he went off, like, in the second half. They were like, we need somebody. And he went off for, like, 13 points or whatever it and was. he was, like, injured for a month before. Yeah, that, right. Too. It was, like, his first time back. But I'm also going to stick to the hardwood for my second bet. Um, I went a little bit... Out here, ACC Miami is favored by ten and a half on the road at Louisville. Uh, Louisville, yeah, Louisville, Louisville, whatever. Um, Louisville. The odds are at minus one twenty-two. Take Miami in this one to cover the ten and a half for sure. Has Louisville won yet? Zero and seven Oof. of their seven losses. Here are the four that stand out: Bellarmine, Wright State, App State. Oh, and an exhibition loss to one Lenore Ryan University Division II school in North Carolina. Shout out Eric Bach, who was the play-by-play guy for the LR Bears. He was at that game calling it. Imagine if Michigan State lost to Grand Valley State. It's that, but worse. Like, it. the final score was 57-47, to 47, or 67-57. to 57. It was a 10-point game, and both teams scored under 70. It was rough. Um, Louisville's in Big trouble right now. They need to get it turned around quick. Take Miami to cover the 10.5. Take Miami to cover 20.5. I don't care. This is going to get ugly fast. Well, I'm going to stick with the Detroit theme. Actually, all of my picks are Detroit-themed this week, and I'm very excited about it. I think Vegas knows something. Uh, Jamison Wilson or Jamison Williams, anytime touchdown for JMO, plus 270. For not playing in an NFL game yet, I think those are pretty good odds. Just activated a couple days ago. Got the nod to play today. If he's plus 270, Vegas knows something. He's going to get in the end zone some way, somehow today. I like it. Uh, my next pick, little World Cup action. England, Senegal. We kind of talked about Senegal being a sleeper, being a, f- a fun team to watch in this tournament. I don't think they beat England today and caused the upset. 
but I think they can at least get this game to extra time and cause a draw. So uh, we're going to go with uh, Senegal plus 300 to get a draw and set it to extra time. I'm in on. Hey, Matt, read the sheet. I read the sheet. I see the sheet. Yeah, you guys bet different things. We bet different things. Well, okay, fair. Moving on. Uh, tip, I, tip to what Brendan's going to bet. Yeah. I will also stay in the hardwood. Uh, it, tra- it treated me good two weeks ago, uh, first basket bet. This time I'm going to go Devin Booker, first basket um, in the Spurs-Suns game. Devin Booker's been playing at a – I wouldn't say – I'd say there's a tier of MVP players of six or seven players, and he's in this tier right below that. He's been great. Suns have been um, great again. Um, just got to give Devin Booker some love. He's going to get the first basket tonight, plus 450 on that. Uh, I am also going Senegal, England, but I'm going over two and a half goals. It is plus 120, and this really has the feeling of a 2-1 game. Nice. So we all like that Senegal-England game. I like Senegal to win. I watched that Netherlands game in the first round of the group stage for Senegal. It was nil-nil, I think, past the 75th minute, and the Netherlands got a late one, um, and then a really, really late one in like the 88th minute, or might have even been in stoppage time, um, to really seal the deal. But Senegal was completely on the offensive and controlling possession for the portion of the game that I watched. Um, And I was really impressed by them. Uh, No draws in the knockout stage. Um, So Senegal over England at plus 380. Um, They should have beat Netherlands. I think they're going to win this one. I'm picking the upset. Sorry, Mr. Slowick, but England's out today. Well, my dad can chill with that because (laughs) he'll be all right. Um, I just want to throw this out there that there's a very good chance I go 0-3 this week. I'm the only one that all three picks are plus numbers, and I'm being ridiculously yeah, aggressive because I like – they're teasing me. The, the high number, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. They're they're like, here, the value. The value is there, and it's a, a major tease. And you know what? I'm going to do it again. Third, another Detroit one right here. The Pistons to score a three in the first possession of the game – Plus 650, I think somebody's going to hit it. You know what? Beef Stew is going to hit a three to open the game for the Pistons today. It's going to be Killian. Wow. He's almost shooting 40% from three. It might be Killian. Killian. Killian's that guy. He's him, though. I mean, there's a lot of people on that team that can shoot. He's a killer. He is a killer. Matt, final pick. Uh, Final pick. Uh, The Sharks are awful, but they're playing Buffalo today, who I absolutely hate for no reason. Uh, give me the Sharks money line. I didn't have a third pick, so Matt, this is it. Matt, plus 120. Matt Why not? likes and hates the most random teams in all sports. Well, I, I love the Sharks. I just hate them right now. He's a Colts fan, a uh, Sharks fan in the NHL, um, Rays, the other one? The Rays, Rays, Rays fan in, in the MLB. You got an Astros jersey as well if we stick in the MLB. Like what I think Matt did when but he was a pulls, little kid. But then pulls for some of the Detroit teams. I don't get it. I think Matt put on a blindfold and threw darts at a, at, at a map at when he was a kid. Sports and he logo. was like, Tampa Bay, I'll be a Rays fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. Liam, your final pick, you happened. previewed it in the pick'em. I did. Mike White was getting a lot of love, and sure, he's fun to watch, but the Jets are scoring under two and a half touchdowns as a team today against the Vikings. I, 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 I semi understand the Jets love, but it's gone too far. I need to, you guys need to temper your uh, expectations a little bit. Mike White's gonna realize that he's Mike White today and come back down to earth. Nick, finish us off with the final pick. All right, I'm going to Houston. Total passing and rushing yards by the player, Deshaun Watson, under 263 and a half. Yes, yes, take the under on everything Deshaun Watson related. Real quick, speed in or out. For context, we had one of these in Portland. Slowick Luca Maloney, shout out our writer uh, here for the men's basketball team. 
um, in East Lansing. Liam's going to write for the game today, so uh, keep an eye on that on Twitter. I'll be bored against Northwestern. My voice will be on the air with myself and Michael Markoch on the call. Square toilet is what we had in Portland. Very uncomfortable. I'm out on that. Yeah, I'm out. It was weird. Out. Big out, time, I guess. Big time. Major. <laughs> I don't know. It was strange, man. Uh, for context as well, for the next one, drove to Chicago last night, drove back, went to a concert. Uh, if you know anything about Chicago and large cities, parking is a mess. Went with station manager Delaney Rogers and office assistant Jake Rose, two fantastic people. Shout out both of them. Delaney's in possession of a handicap placard. So we were trying to park somewhere, found a handicap spot. Super cold in Chicago. They call it the Windy City. It's true to its name. Uh, we're walking back, turn the corner, and the car is gone. Towing, they towed a handicap car. I mean, how do you do that? I'm so out on that. I don't care what the rules are. How can you tow someone with it with with a handicap sticker? Unreal. Out, 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 out. I don't care what the parking rules are. I'm always out. I don't like parking police. Yeah, bro. I'll, I'm sorry for sorry, Delaney. Hope everything's well. Yeah, we, we did get it figured out and make it home safely, so. I'm out. Big time out. And and another, and the final one is a term that I saw last night that I've heard frequently since living in this city. It's on the student section t-shirts. And, yeah. football. I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I'm out on it. Whether, I mean, I think it's for the most part said ironically and not meant to, like, be cool. It's meant to be dumb funny. But the term beast I, Lansing is, personally, I, I, is so cringy to me. Oh, I hate it. Don't fa- say Beast Lansing one ever. Of, one of my favorite shirts growing up was a, a Beast Lansing Michigan State shirt, so I'm in on Beast Lansing. It's Fight City. Trent Valley went over this last year. It is Fight City. Beast Lansing is stupid. Yes. That's, that's my I, case. I don't Out on Beast Lansing. I don't love it. I don't love it on shirts. If you want to get like towels or whatever, uh, or like the student <laughs> section shirts. That not like I didn't mean like just shirts in yeah, general. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I just I I mean, if you're going to have a group of that many people wearing them, I think it's cool if, like, you sell it and it's, like, something that a couple people have. I think it's cool if you put it on, like, one of those little towels you wave around. But to have 20,000 people wearing the shirt that says Beast Lansing, I'm kind of out on. I'm out on it because I think it just sounds just incredibly dumb. Yeah, it's just so cringy. So we're running out of show. We got to get off here. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Fantastic World Cup insight, and hopefully your picks work out as well for Gambling Thank Corner. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming. For Matt Merrifield, Nick Burt, Zach Sloak, Liam Jackson, I am Brendan Shabath. We've got men's basketball tonight, 7 p.m., live at 6.30. Myself and Michael Markoch on the call as Michigan State takes on Northwestern. Tune in for that right here on WDBM. This has been the Green and White Report. Thank you so much for joining us on WDBM East Lansing.